I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And recording at the conclusion of the shortened round before Origin on a Sunday night. Welcome back, Boxhead. Yeah, it was a good round too. Entertaining games, apart from the last one, which was a stinker. Yeah, well, I <clears> guess uh, for the Friday game when Penrith obviously ran a train on the Warriors, it's a different element with that being a bash-up because there's so many new young kids and faces that we've you know, not, never heard of before or most people wouldn't have seen get to play. But in the case of today's game, you've seen a team... Oh, it would have been entertaining for Broncos fans, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, would have been a team in the for hunt. most others, but... Uh, for me, as a Titans fan, it was disgraceful. I copped a bit of flack last week for saying that they were a basket case, the Titans. But from what I saw today, I got absolutely no reason to rescind what I said last week. Nah, they were dreadful. Broncos, outstanding. Five from six during the origin period, which uh, obviously changed this year, the way the origin period works as far as I, I think it's a good thing for the sides who are, have a high origin representation, like the Storm and the Broncos traditionally, the Cowboys. Uh, it's it's a benefit to them. And they shouldn't be disadvantaged for having origin players. Exactly. As frustrating as, as it is, you know, we could go into a whole discussion about salary cap and, you know, the fact that they're allowed, the salary cap allows them to have more origin-type players. We could go into that discussion. But the fact of the matter is they're employed by the club, so they should be playing as many club games as possible. Yeah. Well, I thought they were outstanding today, as were the Panthers on Friday. The Storm Dragons game, very, very well, entertaining. Well, the Panthers, that highlights what we've said all year. They're, they're, uh, the they've got 30. 30 first graders. Yeah. No 30 first graders. No one else has two halves of that quality to back no. up. No one has better young forwards. They'll all be sought after from different clubs. The fact that they've lost Mansour, Wanga Blake, you've seen the guys that have come in. Now Wanga Blake's come back. Dylan Edwards, you would have said earlier in the year, that's a massive loss. Dallin's arguably done a better job. Hmm. Peter Wallace retires mid-season. Katoa comes in. I think he's done a better job. That is a stack top 30. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, before we get into that, Penrith Solar Centre, one of the sponsors of the show and one of our favourites. Obviously, uh, there's been a good response to that. So we've heard from the sponsors ourselves. So that's a big wrap to everybody out there. Uh, much like ourselves, we've both got systems. It's a must-have in the modern day, you'd think, Brock, with the way bills are. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, probably like, not, you're not getting, I'm not getting a lot out of it now. Well, winter, different kinds of time. But, but, yeah, during the summer, man. She uh, it pumps out, and it you know if you can do a lot of your uh, your high power activity during the day, you can save yourself a shitload of money. As I've said before, I do work in that side of things, the electrical industry. It's all gone private. Uh, we've just gone private. It's only heading one way, which is up. So on that side of things, it is not a bad investment. But do you know what hurts more than your team going down in an nail biter? It's getting slapped with a huge electricity bill, then biting your nails trying to pay it. Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at Penrith Solar Center are dedicated to providing you with the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the big winners. Contact them today and check out the website www.penrithsolar.com.au and uh, get on board with Jake and the boys there. 1800 20 29 30 is the phone number. 
Uh, Origin preview, I think we'll jump into first. Series obviously finished. Game three upcoming on Wednesday. It is a dead rubber, but let's face it, the last two times we've gone up there for supposed dead rubbers, we've been shellacked as New South Wales. Well, when's the last time we've won a game three up there? Even in a dead rubber series, I, I, don't, I can't remember the last. I time. can't think it would have I've been, been early two thousands. Deciders, and we've been spanked in all of them, really. So. I think it would be early two thousands if we would have won anything up there, as far as the deciders concerned. Yeah, but I think the fact of the matter is, though, the core of the the side that's inflicted that pain on New South Wales are now gone, or the majority are gone. Yeah. So it looks looks to be a little bit different, but we'll see on Wednesday. We'll see whether you know that is the case. And they have been ultimately close in both games. The difference has been simply finishing inside 20 and big moments. And It's been a 50-50 series. New South Wales for Absolutely. the first time in a decade, basically. Forget 2014, as we said. It's basically right off for me. We've finally come up with those moments. They've been more than good enough. They probably should have won both the games, but yeah. we've found the moments this time around. Uh, changes <laughs> for this one, obviously, as we spoke about. The big one, Greg Inglis and Callum Ponga both being out. Billy Slater's last game, he gets to captain them uh, before retiring. But Glasby, he was called in on the bench. Derry Cherry Evans came in for Ben Hunt, and he moved back on the bench to be a utility. Wallace was benched, and Arrow and Papali both pushed in to start with Napa, obviously 18th due to his injury and, and ruled out of the side. So probably three... So he's been ruled out, has he? He's gone. Okay. I'm pretty sure they've scrapped him. And like Ryan James today, obviously moving out means Matt Pryor will be the 18th man, I guess, now, given James has played today for New yeah. South Wales. But well, it makes sense because Cronulla had the ball. So. Their changes, obviously. Brand new front row starting. You've got Papali and Arrow in there with Maguire and McCulloch. On the edges, uh, Gagai moves over to left centre to partner Holmes where Inglis is gone. And on the right side, Oates now goes in next to Chambers. Looking at the bench side of things, it's very obvious that Wallace and Glasby play middle. Ben Hunt will play nine, and if they get an injury... In the halves, he's uh, you know obviously got that down packed, and Hess can play tight or an edge. They've mostly used him as a tight player. But uh, looking at the start, I can understand them trying to match us at the start of things. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to throw all my chips in the ring because if Wallace and Glasby are impact off the bench, I think you're in big trouble. So it wouldn't surprise me if either Papali or Arrow went back to the bench. Well, Arrow should go back to the bench, really. Just give him more minutes. It's not hard. Or Papali, same deal. But it's not a prop. You can't start. I think, with all those guys on there at once and try and use leg speed, power, and bump and then bring on Wallace and Glasby as you change your pace. Mm. I don't think that's a very good idea. Hess as well in the middle. Why? He's come on. He's played limited minutes. Ben Hunt to nine. I don't mind the idea, but as we said last week, if Cherry Evans is the man coming in, um, you know, Ash, Ash Taylor, many people called out for him after the way he played today and what we said last week. There's no way he's ready to play Origin. That was just nope. absolute insanity. But Cherry Evans... This supposed exile with the senior group that has now moved on, seeing him called back into the game. Massive change. Pressure for him personally, I guess, moving forward. And there's no guarantee, even with a result, he'll have a spot next year with Michael Morgan back on board, Callum Ponga, uh, etc. So looking at things from their perspective, I guess game three, the big one for them is their set starts have been awesome. And I don't see that changing with Corey Oates coming in for Inglis. He's obviously amazing at set starting. Um, But the big thing for them is those inside 20s and set finishes. Their set finishes haven't exactly been outstanding. They haven't forced a lot of pressure or repeat sets, but more so for the first time ever. And again, that comes with those four legends retiring. Inside 20, they just haven't been able to generate as much points. No, they haven't. Or take opportunities. They haven't, no. And especially in the last game with 12 on the field, you know, critical timing. It wasn't exactly pretty to watch, but they should have taken advantage of that. First 20 minutes, the blueprint was there. They absolutely tore the arse out of us on the edges. Um, they were outstanding. Billy Slater swinging both sides of the field. They particularly... 
found some love on the Robert Strabojevic edge where Tommy was caught in no man's land a few times and Addo Carr and Latrell were caught flat a few times as well. So no doubt they'll be looking to get to those edges again. Mm. Um, but on that side of things, Cherry Evans, uh, how do you see him in this one? He's obviously going to be the dominant. Yeah, he's a runner. He's a ball runner. So it just that's what surprised me about the fact he got selected. You're moving away a player in Ben Hunt who is learning how to be a game manager. He he probably started his career as a ball runner. He's developed yeah. into a game manager. He needed to fill that role at St. George. That's why he was purchased. Um, you know, Brisbane, getting a little bit off off topic, but Brisbane look a side that could win the comp with Ben Hunt in there. Like they're a halfback away from winning a comp. But that that controlling element, uh, I think they lose by playing Ben Hunt as a utility. So it looks to me as though they're going to go to that dry track, fast track, play two running halves, throw the ball around a little bit. Uh, but for me, Cherry Evans, the biggest thing is got to get his kicking game right and he's got to be good defensively. Other than that, you know, I think he'll play eyes up. I wouldn't, I'd like to see him start conservative, run the ball, uh, look for short passes, not so much the long pass. And then as the game opens up and players get fatigued, then naturally he's, he's very, very good. So he's, he's got the ability, Cherry 100%. Evans. He, you know, he's won a Clive Churchill medal. He's been very, very close to winning a couple of Dally M medals. This year, he's definitely... If, if you're picking on form, he's not in the side. No. But we've seen in the past, Queensland have brought players in, as have New South Wales, who haven't been in great club form, but have come in and performed well at origin level. So, for me, yeah, for me, you know, what, what did Ben Hunt get wrong in game two? He missed a couple of tackles and he made a couple of poor kicks. So, to me, they're the things most that... Of it I get Chambers, that. I get though. it. He, he put one I get of those it. kicks in. Get it, right? Yeah. But that's what they're going to be looking out of for Cherry Evans, mm. from my perspective. I still think there needs to be a bit more cohesion with the spine. Billy Slater, obviously the dominant player in that last game, but I probably didn't see enough still out of Munster and Hunt as a pairing working together on some of those shift plays on what was happening inside 20. I think more so than anything, McCulloch's been outstanding defensively, but I thought he would have ran a little bit more by now or maybe kick once or twice. He does kick not very often, but sometimes at club football and he doesn't have a bad boot. But Mm. I think it's a big game for him in game three as well. As much as they're singing his praises, I think if it's just... 50 tackles a game, no probing, no ruck manipulation, and no even thought of trying to put one or two kicks in during the game that come next year. Obviously, it's going to come down to form of other players, and the only other real option there is Jake Friend. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't you know, bring a little bit more to the game this year and then leading into next year, I don't know if his question uh, position's in question, but he definitely needs a little bit more around the ruck to help the forwards out. Absolutely. On the yeah. attacking side, defensively, outstanding. Um, you know, I think... Cooper was the one for me that I, I said to you, and I think you, you basically agreed. I think for game three, I would have prefer, preferred to see Papali on that edge, and I'm frustrated now having watched Joe Offahengawi have an absolute blinder just then that he's not there. I yeah. think looking at what we've just spoke about, Wallace and Glasby on the bench, both solid players, but they need leg speed. They needed bump. They needed a bit more, and losing Napa really hurts because you've lost a hitman, a guy who's got a good bump, but I just feel they would have been much more dynamic with Papali on an edge. Off of Hengawi with Arrow and Maguire, etc., kind of with that middle. And if Napa was there, that, that to me is a lot more dangerous against mm-hmm. New South Wales. I know Napa wasn't an option, but if he's there with Off of Hengawi and those few guys we just spoke about, I would have felt much better for them as far as the middle is concerned. Agree. Yeah. On top of that, uh, I guess the counter is their set starts have been that good. It makes up for their forwards, and their forwards have more than held their own enough in two games for them to have a chance of winning. But it's all come down to realistically that spine that yeah. we spoke of. Well, Queensland have outrun New South Wales in the middle by 200 metres across the and two And the games. back five have been epic in yardage. Yeah. So, for me, I look at it, it's not a running metres, it's not a middle problem. You know, New South Wales middle has been okay. I think Queensland has, Queensland's has been okay. I think we'll agree 
in yardage from outside back point of view, Queensland have won that battle. Easily. Um, but for me, you look at the raw numbers. New, last game, the possession was 50-50. So no excuses there. New South Wales have completed eight, uh, 90% in game one, 89% in game two. So that's incredible. Like to be at 89.5% average over two games is unbelievable. Uh, Queensland are at 81 and 83. So an average of 82%, which is still high. Um and the errors, well, the errors is the obvious one for me. The Queensland have made 16 across the series and New South Wales made 11. Yeah. So five a game for New South Wales is, you know, you cop that, that's okay. Uh, they obviously made seven in the last game, seven, seven apiece. But mm. in game one, Queensland made nine. Yep. So I look, la- last game, the stats are so even apart from completions, it's unbelievable. I still don't want to and rain. It's a game. Well, sorry. Apart from running meters, Queensland ran for two hundred more meters than what New South Wales did. So that tells me that their forwards got them down into good ball areas, but their halves couldn't convert. I don't want to rain on the parade, but I still go back to what I said before that that gagai try last game was a try to me. They had their chances, and I'm not saying that. Which one? The one in the corner. The, the, one, the one that yeah, that was a try. Given what we see in the NRL every week, to say that there was sufficient evidence to overturn there wasn't. that, that was simultaneous yeah. and it was sent up a try. So and this, we said that in the review as well. This could be one-one heading to a decider. So I well, just, and and you know what? I think if game one is in Queensland, probably, and they and they hit the lead with thirty to go, yeah, it's we, a we lose that game. It's a different. Well, I don't know whether we lose it, but it's a totally different beast. Yeah. So I think Queensland have been at a real disadvantage having this game last. Because it was we we said it the whole way along. We have to win the first two. Oh, 100%. So we've been at a, a, a big advantage in the fact that we had game two. I think if game two's in Queensland, they definitely win. It's one one coming back to New South Wales. So I think the configuration in terms of the way that the games have flowed and the venues has also played a part in this series as well. Yeah. But of all the things you've touched on, set starts have been great. Like Oates, they don't lose too much there. They're definitely going to be working the edges again. Expect Billy Slater to be flying all over the field in his last game. Uh, the two kind of things I've looked at here that I was kind of thinking of, I think they did a better job last game of kind of working Cook. I know he defended a lot in game one, but they worked him over and obviously the wet track didn't help him because we didn't have a lot of go forward. But working him over again and making him tired. And the other obvious one's Maloney. Maloney's the one you have to get more at. They have to set up more on that tram or from centre field and try and get after him down there, put Felice into him constantly, get Daly Cherubins drifting across and bring Munster in and turn him back under and just absolutely pepper him all day with those bigger bodies and try and find some love down that edge. Well, Cook made the most tackles for New South Wales last game, 40. Yep. So that that proves your point. They're, they're trying to work him yeah, over. and they stopped our middle pretty effectively, only in the second half at the but start Margie of McCulloch made 49. So McCull- yep. New South Wales are different, also working over style, McCulloch. Though. He doesn't run. But I think McCulloch's got, had more opportunity to run than what Cook has. I think he in has the fact that the Particularly in yardage, the yeah, yeah, they're getting quicker play the ball. So. I think they're doing a better job off him, though, knowing that he's but not... the fact is, when, when an outside back goes and has an effective carry, more often than not, it's another outside back at That's what I'm getting at. Ball. I think so. McCulloch realises that speed's not his forte, like a cook who can just take off at the spur of the yeah, moment. Yeah, but I, I'd like to see... If I'm Kevy, I'm sort of saying to him, well, McCulloch, if, if we get two quick play the balls out of our outside backs, I want you in there at nine, either trying to work one of our outside backs in behind the ruck if the New South Wales are still retreating or zip it to our width. halves and let's let's move the footy. And that's more what I was getting at. I think his job so far is he's been playing off width off those quick play the balls like we've spoken about changing the point of attack whereas New South whereas Wales... Whereas more often than not, the, the hole that they've blown in New South Wales is in the middle and then they shift it to the edge where we're set. Hmm. 
think they're going away from the holes that they're creating. They're creating yeah. space in the middle. Yeah, but they definitely are. And I think we're doing the opposite problem. We're not changing the point of attack. I think he's done a good job in yardage getting in. They've done what I said in the game one moving. preview about shift scooting. Queensland yeah. have done that um, particularly well. They're not going back New into South the guts. Haven't. No. no, they're not going back into the guts. Uh, but yeah, I think overall, like you said, set finishes have to be better. Daly Cherubins will be the controller in this one. The middles, if they hold their ground as usual, they've got a chance because their outside backs definitely give them you know, a lot coming out of yardage. Slater's going to be the main danger there. I think Maloney's the one they've got to go after. Bang Felice, you know, bang Oates, and him, get some big bodies going there. And more importantly than anything is with this spine, they just have to fire inside 20. Whether it be repeat sets or just finding a way to have two or three shots a set, it's seen this time around for the first time in a long time. No difference, again, without that spine that they've struggled to set up to take a couple of shots at it. They've been lucky to have one or two shots per set. Yeah. Whereas in the past, they would have definitely taken advantage and stripped us back a little bit. So all those things you'd be looking for. New South Wales, again, uh, there's still a lot of room for improvement. It is a newer side. But I think for them, the big one is the opposite of Queensland. We've said it for the first two games. Set starts have to improve. I don't care about the size factor. We haven't changed the point of attack like you've said. We continue to have one-out scoots or one off the ruck at the B-man and get back into a ruck that's set and we're just getting bashed. And Boyd Cordner has helped out massively in that area, but I don't know if he's even going to play or whether he's going to be healthy enough. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he will, and I don't know why they didn't just can him earlier and keep James in. I thought that would have been a better idea, but um, we have to change the point of attack, like you said, shift scooting, longer passes, something to get away from the ruck. We've been way too poor in that area and we've dodged a bullet a lot of the times because when we've had those rare opportunities off a piggyback or inside 20 we've taken advantage but again in the past I reckon we would have been buried by 20-30 points given the way we've been starting our sets and the territory battle that we've been absolutely losing for the most part Yeah, it's literally usually been error penalties that have got us out of trouble or a piggyback in the first two games. I, look I don't care who wins like I, well, I do care who wins I, I'm a Blues fan but I'd much rather see a good game. Like yeah. I predicted last week, you know, I look at it and go, I think New South Wales should win. I think they're, they're going to improve. Queensland have lost, you know, a lot of players. They've lost their stars. They've lost the core of their their side, their dominant side, and then they've just had injury after injury after injury in this series. It's a series that if New South Wales didn't win this, we're never ever going to win a series, right? No, definitely not. So for me, like I look at it and I go, if there's if there's one game where I think in this series it's going to be a blowout, it'd be this one. However, I'm hoping it's a close game. I just want to see a good Origin game. I'd love to see us win. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see us win three 0 obviously. But I want to see a good game for you. I don't want to see Queensland smash us or us smash Queensland. I'd like to you see us go down to the last five minutes and then yeah. have an entertaining game. You want to scrap? Similar to the NRL, like the, the the games this weekend, the close finishes we had were great. I don't really give a shit who won. I just want to see good games. Yeah. Because they're few and far between at the moment. Do you feel like that? This year, we're not getting as many I good think, quality I, games. I think in a round of eight, the problem is there's a lot of games decided in the last 20. Yes, you might get one or two per weekend. We haven't yeah. had a lot of close football. And especially now that for the first time in a long time, it seems like the eight is set so early. But... Particularly, like, we've won the series now. Great. You know, <clears throat> I'm not going to carry too, too, uh, carry on too much about that. I just, I'm craving close footy. Yeah, I want to watch oh, a good game. That's yeah, that's what I, I'm craving. We're not your typical where everyone's like, I want New South Wales to win by 50. I want no. New South Wales to win, but I just want a good game. Yeah. Especially when we go up there. Like, those two deciders weren't just disappointing we got being there flogged. because of the game. Like, we got we got belted, but you the make the effort over. to go, and I want to see a good game as well. Yeah. I want us to win. But if we would have lost those games 2018, I would have been disappointed. But if I got a good game, I'd cop it. Yeah, the one decider I went to, that was with my wife, actually, up there. That was the one where Cooper Cronk kicked the field goal. And that was a good game. Yeah, exactly. You walk away going, so you would have walked away and gone, friggin' hell, we're close. That's awesome. But it's a good game. He's just hammered yeah. a 40-meter field goal. Yeah. Like, 
that's more, like I said, why you have allegiance to some things. We just want to watch good football. Mm. And I felt traveling to Melbourne like we did for game one, I enjoyed that game of football. I thought that was a good game of football. And game two in New South Wales, again, I enjoyed that game. This year has been entertaining. Yeah. It just so I happens, just want to see another game, and I don't yeah, care who wins. It just so happens that this time around, we've actually won. But I think yeah. they've both been really good games of footy. Uh, more push and more support. So I'm sure you agree on that. We were way too one out in game one, three out forwards. There was no one pushed around the football. That 10, 15 minutes again in the second half when we started out with numbers around the football, we got a couple offloads. We got some play the balls. And in particular, Jake Trebojevic and Jack Tabellum, because they have the threat to tip, when they have bodies around them, especially Jake, he utilizes support runners around him better than anyone to get himself a quick play the ball or to isolate somebody. He's not super powerful. He's not super quick, but he does a great job with the decoys or players around him and having ball in hand to be able to get himself a play the ball. That has to be better this time around as far as pushing around. Yeah, the ball. I agree with that. Um, set finishes have been here nor there. Still could find some improvement. I think the big thing I've said both games after watching it now, our right edge needs more football. I know Maloney's the dominant of the two and he's the more senior, but it feels like Nath hasn't had much call or much say on getting good shots. He's picked up a lot of scrappy football off shit play the balls or slow play the balls. And <clears> on that right edge, we've got a lot of firepower sitting there. Frizzell has been pretty quiet, not as far as his work, but he's not getting good football. Yeah, We're not I, getting I also, James Roberts good football. I've seen Nath play since he was 15. He hasn't he hasn't been as dominant as I would no. have liked. I don't, he doesn't look comfortable yet in no. the Origin Arena. However, the massive, massive, massive benefit defensively for him he's been is excellent. defensively he's been fantastic. But for me, the great thing for for Nathan Cleary is that they've won the series. There's no pressure. Yeah. So he'll Hopefully. play this game. He'll definitely get all four all three games next year. So he's going to get six state of origins, and from that point point on, like he, he's going to be an origin halfback for a long, long time. What would have been difficult is if they'd lost one of these last two games, then lost the decider, yeah. there would have been some pressure on his position. The last thing he needs, or our state needs, is for him to go out and then go back have in. to recover and shatter his confidence like we've done with multiple halfbacks in the last decade. Well, I think the other one who needs a bigger game, and I think he's been solid without being great, but again, it all works off them getting more bored of that edge, is James Roberts has been solid without being anything get standing. But... Well, Latrell Mitchell almost cost us the last game true, and yeah. almost almost won us the game. But Roberts, yeah. I think, has just been steady. But for me, but again, Latrell's had very good moments and very bad yeah, moments. For me, Roberts has only really had dodgy moments. I haven't but seen he a hasn't lot of... had any football. Yeah, and I, that... I'm looking at this again, similar to you. Pressure that comes back to our forwards. Pressure's off. That right edge needs to get more ball. Clear needs to get more. And he's on his home deck. So I think game three, this is a good opportunity, hopefully, for Roberts well, to find himself in Well, this is the fastest track he's been on. Exactly. And yeah. it's comfortable to him. It's not going to be yeah. as big a difference. And the pressure's off. So hopefully... He finds himself with a bit more football there. <coughs> Interchanges last game were a little bit strange. But we looked at the bench earlier. We've got a utility, one genuine tight player in Jake Trebojevic. You know Crichton's going to move to that edge again and likely push Sims in. But uh, Sorry, Frizzell in. But Sims is basically going to have to play as a tight here. Mm-hmm. That's the likely outcome, which he's done before. Yes, he does play an edge at club, but I don't think he'll struggle there. Big step up for Vaughan to start. I think generally he's been very good off the bench. He's obviously developed into a great starter at the NRL level and punches out minutes. In this arena, given the players we've had, I think the bench role suits his, what he's been doing. But I think, again, game three, there is pressure somewhat, but we've won the series. So this is a good time for him to be blooded in as a starter. Again, next year we've got Campbell Gillard coming back, McLean, Wade Graham's going to be healthy again. There's going to be more options around it. So I guess this is just another step in the process of getting these players that have been blooded in this series you know, more familiar, more experience in the different parts of the Origin game, and he'll probably get more minutes this time around as well. Yeah. Um, but I think 
defensively on the edge is another area we've got to be better. Last time we got a little bit passive. You'd agree on that, obviously. We held or we slid. Yeah, yeah. We need to come up, make a decision on our inside shoulders. We've found the few times we did that. Inside players release, and we've said that before many times when we've talked about club football. The reason you come up and in, even if it is a four on two, is you force them, you know, to make a decision. You force them to execute a pass, and then you've got your inside players hopefully getting across to try and cover for you, which we didn't do uh, so well. But I think the big thing is if our middles do a job and win, then Cook and Teddy, as we saw in game one, get opportunities, uh, and better set starts will help our middles get better carries as well, which I think has been a problem. Why our middles have been good, I think the outside back start on the sets haven't really helped because we're not getting back by play two or three. We're usually getting back about play three and we're working off a dead play the ball, yeah. which also doesn't help. So, um, And that I think the other thing is part of the reason these set starts are so good for Queensland is we still haven't been anywhere near ruthless enough, I think, play one, two. No, we haven't been. We need to no. ramp it up in play one, two. I think DeBellin is one of the guys that's been given, given it out, which is good, but he's one of the rare ones, I think, in that middle pack. And Jake obviously hits like a truck, but need to see more aggression defensively, I think, from the rest of our players. I'm sure Sims is going to be plenty of regression, but I'd like to think that you're going to see a bit more fire out of Clemmer, who's more known for that. Vaughan and he start ripping into him. Cook's been sold in the middle, but just a bit more dog in our defense, a bit more intent when we get off the line. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think, you know, New South Wales will want the sweep, but man, we, we know it's a different beast up there. They've been very close. This could be 1-1. It could be 2-0 the other way around, the way the first two games have worked out. They've been right there. The big factor has obviously been that spine. We can't keep talking about it, though, because we know it's gone now. Those guys have moved on. They've blooded a new generation of players here. Could they have blooded one or two more? I think they could have. Um, that's obviously up to them and the way they've gone with things. But up there, Slater's retirement, I have no doubt they're going to be baying for blood and they're going to come at us with everything they've got. Yeah, they are. So our prediction, what are you thinking? Uh, prediction, I think it's going to be there's going to be more points in this game than what there have been in the first two. Um, so I'd be betting overs on the unders overs market. I don't know what it is, but um, can you get it up? <clears throat> State of origin. What is overs? Queensland at two twenty five. New South Wales at dollar sixty seven. The line is minus three and a half. Over under is thirty six. That's and a half. my best bet. I'd be I'd be taking the over. So thirty six and a half. That's six converted tries and a half points. So you're basically saying penalty goals and three tries. Well, you're saying best. eighteen points each, yeah. and the winner scores nineteen. So not like a nineteen eighteen result to get you a win. Well, we know about that track lot. We said if there's going to be points, this is the track it's coming on. Especially in a dead rubber. Yeah. Down one to twelve, be... Queensland three forty, New South Wales two eighty five. I think it's a one to twelve game. If you think it's going to be a blowout, Queensland six dollars thirteen plus three fifty for New South Wales. Um, so you want a score prediction, don't you? Yeah, this we, is a tough one. We do it every single game. Tough one. The first couple I think I've had. So I'll give you Mister Gossips. Mister Gossip, he's gone in New South Wales eighteen sixteen. So he's got a close one. His first <laughs> try is Billy Slater in, in his last game, and his man of the match is Cook. Yeah, who you got? I am going to say Queensland win this game 22-20. Ah, first try. First try. I think Corey Oates will score the first try, and I'm going to back Billy Slater in his last game. To be man of the match? To be man of the match. I'll, um, I'll go New South Wales. I think they'll win 24-16. What else do you need from me? First, First try, try scorer. I'll go with Frizzell. Going on edge. I stuck with him. Well, I did. But I had, I had because they've never game. been getting the football, I couldn't go back there again. But I'll go... Um, and man of the match. Yeah, it's a tough one as well. I'll go Jake Tabrovich. Jakey T off the bench. 
you get good odds for that one, I bet. But well, I think he was close to man of the match last game. He was too. very good. He was very good. But we'll look at that man of the match market, as we've mentioned it before, with the Pro Sports Syndicate. James Maloney, $7. Cook, $7.50. Slater, my pick there, $10. Gossips at $7.50 there, if you like Damian Cook. Jake, I think you'd get 30s or 40s there because he's off the bench, to be honest. Trying to find him. Jake Trebojevich, $26 off the bench, if you like that. Yeah, oh, it'd be easy for me to say Maloney or Cleary or something like that. But I just, yeah. I just think he was good in game two. No argument there. Latrell Mitchell has had a couple of big and, games. And like when you say he's a bench player, he plays. He's more a bench minutes. player who's playing 65. more minutes than a lot of the starters. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. So there's good value there in what Brock's saying. Uh, if you like, you know, well, it's a lottery. Who knows who's going to win man of the match? But yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather back three or four guys at twenty yeah, to one than those guys at seven. Well, Billy at ten, I think, is pretty bloody generous. That's good. Yeah, I'm that's pretty right. happy with ten dollars. Uh, Cameron Munster, $10. James Tedesco at $10, I still think is pretty decent well, if, price if as well. If Queensland win game two, who's man of the match? Billy Slater. Yeah, or, or Ponga. And I think, again, on the side of things, you're talking dry track, Tedesco at $10, I think is very generous as well yeah, on a dry track. So, well, And who who would who do you think is favourite at the moment to win the, uh, the play of the series? Obviously, Tedesco was man of the match game one, Cordner game Cordner two. Who had, a, who had a better two Overall. games? I think Tedesco. I think Teddy by an absolute skin of his teeth, but I think Corden's right there. I think if Tedesco has a but he's an scored, okay game here, he wins he's part the, of the series. series. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be with you on that. I honestly think if you're going to rank them one to three for New South Wales, Cook would be right there in third spot with Jake, possibly mm. for me. But I think Cook would have the pull over him because he was outstanding game one. I think last game again, fifty something tackles yeah, or forty close. tackles. That's close. It's very bloody hard, but. Cleary, if you think he's going to have a better game, $13, man of the match. Cherry Evans coming back in, trying to seal his spot, $15. Cordner, $15 if he plays. Maguire, 19 for Queensland. Uh, it's just hard to predict Boy Cordner because you just don't know whether he's going to play. The troll's been good in both games as well. If he takes some of those errors out and has another blinder, he's at 23. Felice at 26. Clemmer. Gagai, $34. He's been man of the match before, man of the series before. You know what? And this is one I don't know if you think I'm insane. Like you think Jake gets those good minutes, I think Arrow is going to play 60-65. At $34, I'd be happy to have $10 on Jaya. Mm. I know that might seem crazy to some people, but at club... Yeah, but if Queensland win... At club, <laughs> he doesn't get rolled ever. I spoke to Vaughn actually about it the other week when they played them and asked him, people like him, Munster, I go, what's it like tackling someone like that? He's like, I had my hands on him, and he goes, I thought he was smaller and thought I could roll him. He did not move. Mm. And we watch him every week, pumping out the runs, offloads, meters. He scored last week. He's got a motor for days. If he gets a good chunk and they get a good run on a dry track, I reckon Arrow at $34 is not bad for a tenner. Fair. I honestly think that's not a bad crack. But um, Benny Hunt off the bench, $41. You don't know what kind of role he's going to get. Gav Cooper, $41. Adokar, Car, $51. Uh, yeah. Corey Oates in his return on the wing. What if he has a blinder in yardage and think, tests? Um, Partons gets a trial to $81. I think, uh, ben Hunt, even, like $41. If he comes on if there's an injury to a half early comes on and redeems himself like $41 big odds well I look again at someone like Corey Oates who's going to carry like a forward if he gets a try and busts us a couple of times at $81 that's ridiculous to think that Corey Oates could not like mm. he's not your typical winger mm. he's going to be running like a forward he'll have 15 carries plus in this game yeah. so there's some value there if you like any of those sorts of markets we've obviously gone through uh, you know any of the 1 to 12 markets the market I went on last game is the line total double and I do like the line total double. So you can get different markets here. You can get Queensland with five and a half. You can get them with three and a half. If you're going to give me something right now, it would be Queensland with the five and a half start and over 36 and a half at $3.50. I like that. Yeah. That's saying it's close. Or if you want more value, you can take Queensland. Wait, can you just take winner total? 
There has to be, has to be one. Over if you just go same, yeah, like if, no, if I said New South Wales to win and Queen uh, and over. Match sure winner right. and double, yeah. yes. New so South Wales and over, what's Queensland that? Queensland and over is 30, uh, sorry, 450. <laughs> New South Wales and over, 315. So. I'd, take, I'd take that, 315. That, that's probably the bet that I'll have, to be fair. First try scorers, mm. who we've got here. Corey Oates for me, $11. <coughs> You're on Frizzell. Frizzell. So if we scroll down a bit here and find where he is. Frizzell is $23. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gossip, who do you have? He had Billy Slater, didn't he, from memory? If this would ever load, that'd be very handy. Billy Slater, $15 for try scorer. Holmes, we know, he's scored, I think, three times so far. First try scorer when he's played for Queensland. Yeah. $10 there for him. Gagai's at 15 so out of those couple of outside backs. If you think that one of the back rowers could get it done in Felice or Gavin Cooper, $23, $26 there. Uh, Tedesco, New South Wales, $11. Tommy, $11. Latrell, $11. Robertson, Addo Carr, 15 and 10 uh, back row bets again, like you said, Cordner, Frizzell, 23, 21. One of the props, Vaughan, 41. Cook, 26. That's some good value there. Um, but basically, hoping for a close game, Brock, just like you've said. Yeah, That's, that's the main thing for all of us. We'd like to see a good game of football. But uh, yeah, Origin, game three, Wednesday night, Suncorp <laughs> Stadium, always a fantastic place. Awesome place to go to. Highly recommend of all the things you do around rugby league. I love grand final day, but I think the two times we've been there is probably the best rugby league experience I've had as yeah. far as crowd and atmosphere is concerned. Game two this year at New South Wales, it was awesome to finally have a crowd that was very vibrant and passionate. But the two times we've been to Queensland, it has been insane to think that there's 30,000 less people, but the noise that comes out of that joint. It is it has been brilliant experience. But there is our origin preview. Uh, no power rankings this weekend because it's a short round. Obviously, no fan questions because it's a short turnaround. We're a bit busy this week with work and coaching, so we thought we'd just punch this out so we get it out for everybody on the Sunday night. <laughs> uh, but we'll move into we'll now. Be doing a, aren't we going to do a review? Origin? We'll do a review after, later in the week, but okay. we'll be free later in the week. Obviously, the next two nights, there's footy, and we've got work and all next that before Wednesday. Nights, so it wouldn't have helped if we were, were doing it Tuesday night late again. No one would get a chance to listen. So uh, We move on now to our own set of six and just a quick one. At that, brought to you by the Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepboltt.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supplier with their main office located at Penrith, covering more than 1,500 square metres and a second one at Seven Hills, which is also a big size. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There is a lot more to the Boltmaster, though, than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials and handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. The Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all industry segments. If you're a tradesman like myself, get in touch with Woz and the boys there at Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. More than just nuts and bolts, boxhead. Tackle one, Storm, uh, plodding along, lukewarm most of the year, but the big thing is you know what the spine looks like. It's going to be Billy Slater. It's going to be Cameron Smith, quite clearly, and Cameron Munster. It's an all-star spine. But who the number seven is, is a different story. We saw Brody Croft get a crack at the start of the year, had some poor games, overplayed his hand, made some errors. He got dropped. Jax has came in. He's been very steady. He's good defensively. Doesn't overly play his hand. And then Jerome Hughes randomly got a crack last week, and Jax got pulled out late. And he's obviously been great at fullback, but he's just a dynamic, good all-around footballer. Mm. Who, now that the back end of the season is coming, do they go with? Because they're going to have to settle on one. If you were Craig Bellamy, if you were coaching the Melbourne Storm, who is your halfback for the finals run? And why? Based on what I've seen 
over the last six weeks, I'd stick with Riley Jackson and Monster. Defensively, because he's steady, <clears> set down. <throat> I just think like, he's steady. Just think he's steady. Yeah, and if I was going to go with someone else, like I wouldn't have a problem with him going with Brody Croft. But do you think, I Jerome guess... Jerome Hughes isn't a half. So you, unless they had an injury to... If you were going to pair Jerome Hughes with Croft or Jax, I'd get it, if Munster got injured, or Slater got injured and had to move Munster. But to me, if you're going to play Hughes, Munster, and Slater, they're all runners. You need you need a, a Jax or a Croft there pushing the side around. Out of those two... I think who's better with the footy? I think Brody Croft. Who's better defensively? I think Riley Jacks. And I think Riley Jacks probably gets the edge with his kicking game. I was going to say. At this point in time. But the bigger question, who do you think would be more likely, even though I think the chances are slimmer this year, to lead them to a competition win? Could Riley Jacks be a premiership winning half? Or would it take someone I like Brody could, Croft if, who has more ability? He could if Smith, uh, Munster and Slater are all in form like they were last year. I, just, I don't think Melbourne look as potent. Melbourne look as fit. Melbourne look as fast. Melbourne look as uh, I think it's the forward pack, and I've said last it year. I, I watch them. Times. I watch them now, and I don't like. I know they put on fifty-two points the other night, or whatever it was, yeah, but they were down. Form. They were down with fourteen minutes to go, and just this year, I, I, I don't know. It is a, probably a little bit of a premiership hangover. They look like Cronulla last year. That that would be the comparison I'd, that I'd make, and I'm waiting for them. Look, I've got more faith in Melbourne turning it around. I think because I you just know that they've got those class players and they've got Bellamy and they've just got that winning culture and they've been there for year after year after year after year after year. There's still a big difference between us and Cronulla <clears> though because <throat> you've got to look at who left. And I think I I thought we'd be as good as, like all around, but I knew the Ford Pack thing was going to hurt. When you look at it now, Bromwich well, particularly is, when you throw injuries on top of it, Bromwich has been hurt for most of the year, as has Fanukin. So they've both been missing. Tohu Harris was devastating to me when he left. I yeah. thought McLean, Will Chambers isn't informed. Yeah, I thought McLean <clears throat> hadn't been proven for as Vunavalu's long. Vunavalu's not informed. No, Vunavalu's been <clears throat> terrible. This... So you can, yeah, you could cut it a hundred ways. I don't, I don't think a halfback, regardless of what form no. they're in, is going to be the difference. I, I think, think the Ford pack has been the big issue. The whole side's dipped a little. Yeah, the Ford pack has been the big issue. And like you said, they've lost some some players. But Well, Tohu and McLean in particular, Tohu to me has been felt massively. But then for Bromwich and Finucane to be injured on top of that mm. hasn't helped. I think Nelson's done a good job stepping up, but our bench was stacked last year. And you take a couple of those yeah. guys out and you're asking a lot more of your bench players. And why I think Welch and a few of these guys are steady, they're not going to get us a premiership. No, I they're solid think. first graders. They're not guys that are going to win you a cup. And then to hear that Bromwich is possibly out for the rest of the season really puts a damper on things for me, if he, that is the case. Well, but if that's the case, then... On with you, I think I'd stick with Jax. Do I think who would have more but, to give? But mind you, they were a 30-point grand final winner last year. They were 30 points better than any other team in the comp. I wouldn't put the pen through them completely. The percentages are just lower. But could Melbourne go on a run? You would never question Absolutely. Melbourne that's to go That's what I'm saying. So they were 30 points better last year. We're yeah. saying they've come back to the field. Yeah. They've probably come back to the field through a four try. So I think on best form, are they still the best team in the competition possibly? Yeah, they are. But we haven't seen best form at all this year. I still think... Mind you, if their best footy's in front of them... I think best form from what we've seen though, I think that South, the Panthers, the Roosters on best form, yeah. and probably the Dragons, we've already seen it. Could all beat them. I and, think South's on best form at the moment, and win Cron- the comp, but can they produce that form yeah. in finals consistently? And yeah. Cronulla, of all teams, I know you don't like them, but they always take Storm to a place where they struggle. Yeah, I know that. And they do it for I know that, so but I, I, look at what, I look at what South are doing and I compare that to Cronulla and I go, I think if South's on best form would blow the doors off Cronulla. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. I just think they so frustrate So I'm looking Melbourne. from a competition winning point of view. I'm not looking at matchup point of view and yeah, matchups okay. depend week to week, so... 
Well, I'm with you. I think Cronulla, Cronulla are just, they're always thereabouts. I think Jax is the safest option. I love Hughes and I'd love to put him in there, but I agree with you. You can't have two sixes, but I think Croft has the possibility of giving us more. I don't know if you'll risk it. Though. But then again, would you play, I'd try and find a spot for Jerome Hughes. I'd try and find a spot for him in the centers. <clears throat> well, you've got Chambers and you've got Curtis Scott. So who are you dropping? And then you've got Vunavalu and you've well, got Curtis Scott. Car. Really, to me, he hasn't really earned his position. Like he did, had that dumb brain snap against Manly. If you were going to drop somebody right now, and I think it'd be good to kick drop him out the ass, it'd be Vunavalu. Yeah, because he's been awful. He so, scored that I, I nice try the other night. Could you he's... play him as an as an uh, as a utility? Well, off you've the already bench. got Brandon Smith as that player. So the question is, do you want Smith <laughs> off your bench when you're already lacking in middles? When you've just got that guy who's a could Smith rocket? come on and play lock? At the moment, you could replace Kenny with him if you want, but you still got to drop somebody. So you'd have to drop a middle, basically. Yeah, and I play with two middles. You're relying on, I guess, Welch. But then again, where are you going to put Hughes on? Exactly. So that's, so that's why you saying, can't carry him. I'm just think. saying that yeah, he's either I'm... in your side starting or he's not on the bench because Smith mm. is your nine slash middle kind of coverage. Jesse brings that value as I think, well. I think they sent like it was. I think it was fortunate for Curtis Scott that he came back in a week where Chambers was out. Because I'm not sure whether Craig Bellamy would have just put him straight back in after the brain snap that he had against Manly and the fact that he got suspended for four or five weeks or whatever it was. The talk was he was going to be the right centre over Roberts before he did that. No, I get that. But what I'm saying is once that happened, yeah, like I'm just surprised that... I think they've got pretty big wraps on him and they weren't going to leave him out. I get that, but I think I'd take Bellamy to be a guy that doesn't forgive straight away and would have been keen to make sure he learned his lesson. I wouldn't have picked him I think he's very fortunate. No, well, I would have. I would have prior to his brain snap. All right. All right, well, there you go. We'll both settle on the Jack side of things. Point two, I think this can be pretty short and sharp, but honestly, all the talk around Ivan and Nathan, they're going to the Roosters, they're going to the Broncos. It's just nonstop. Half of it's bullshit. I don't know why. going anywhere this year. I don't know why people, this is similar to the Penner thing about the coach keep getting brought up and who they're going to fire. Is he going to be getting, whatever's happening there, they're not going to do it mid-season while they're in the midst of a finals run. Mm. It'll be kept in-house. It'll be withheld oh, it's until not, the season's like, done. Don't get me wrong, it's not kept in-house. Like I spoke to people again at Penrith this week and they the comment they made was that if the management lied anymore their noses would grow I get that so, but they're not going to walk around exactly right they're not going to go out to the media and say hey this is what we're doing no. everything they're doing is internal uh, in, you're never ever going to know the full story so just wait until it becomes public but the Roosters won again it's already basically a fallacy because they hear this afternoon that Trent Robertson's going to get a four year deal taken through to 2022 well, he signed it hasn't he Oh, I think it's reported, but it's coming. I think coming. they just announced it. So basically, you look at that. That's not a possibility. Nath's off next year. His dad's off 2020. I think the most likely outcome's not the Roosters or not the Broncos. I think it is the Tigers if it does come around. But Nath, much similar to what we've said about the Penrith side of things, you're not going to hear anything. And he said he won't talk until the season's done. So I don't know why we keep bringing things up or speculating or mm. any inch we could get. Talk oh, about look, it. I think the only thing we can speculate on is this. Will Nathan Cleary go to market? Definitely. I think he will. He will for right? value-wise. So, I think so. From there, what happens, I don't know. Because I, I, well, we're both involved at the Tigers. I, I can't see Ivan Cleary leaving the Tigers. Ivan Cleary didn't want to leave Penrith. No. He's not a coach that bounces around from club to club. The one thing I will say, though, given the way they've set their contracts up, Brooks is there for two more years and Reynolds is there for four years. On the Brisbane side of things, we've said it time and time again. This Ford pack is incredible. Milford is a gun six, but they need a genuine seven. If they could get Nathan, not next year, but for the year after with this Ford pack, Brisbane, yeah. that that makes sense. But it's still I two don't years. Like, like the obvious one for me is like, and I might 
the obvious one for me is you saw two halves go in and play for Penrith on Friday night. Why wouldn't Brisbane come in and sign one of them? Do you think Luai is actually a seven? I think Luai is more is definitely a seven. He's not a fullback. No, the way he runs, I think he's more a six than he is a seven. I think May is probably more a six. Why he's wouldn't he come in and buy one of them? That's all I'm saying. It'd be a hell of a lot easier for for them to get one of them, right? But I think it's basically not solving your problem. I think it's another runner just like Nicarima. Yeah. I think Nath is But look, the you t- could then you then at least got another option. I think Nath is your strong defending, game managing, good kicking. I think he's the perfect. Okay, kind well, of we guy. just spoke about Croft or Jacks. Why wouldn't Brisbane go and try and get one of them? Well they could. And Croft is from there and that's what I, I think Jacks is like, like, well. For Brisbane. They're looking if at you Jacks, think that, if you think that Wayne Bennett is thinking about getting Nathan Cleary, you're kidding yourself because Wayne Bennett knows he's under pressure right now. Wayne Bennett's trying to find a half mm. for next year. Well they've got Croft locked in, not Jacks. Jacks is still to market. So if you're gonna get somebody for a stopgap, you could get Jacks for say two years. Well there you and go. you wouldn't have like, to pay as much for I don't him. think think about the way that way Wayne Bennett's been behaving. I'm not disagreeing. With I'm, no, I'm just saying, like yeah. he's not he's not signing for two years' time. He well, knows we, he's probably not going to be there. He's not even going to be there next well, season. Well, there you go. We don't know. No, I think he'll be there definitely next season. But I think he knows that next season, it's almost at the point where he he'd have to win the comp next season to guarantee his job. I still don't think that would do it. I still think they'd you, still, you think if you think I think if, at that age and the way things are going, they'd just, move I think they're still at that point where they'd be like, perfect. You know, you're, this is this is the end of it. But if it depends for me. Who they for get. me if that's the case, then they'd be cheering for them not to make the eight this year. The hot club, it'd make the decision easier for them to say, look, Wayne, you didn't make the eight this year, you're gone. They're, they're going to make the eight this they're year. They're going to make the eight. They're easy to make the eight. I, well, the main thing here is... They, I, like, well, like we said last week, I gave Canberra a 1% chance to make the eight. And I, I gave, I've said I, both, I, I they're think, done. I think it's all the, done. The Warriors now look really the only one, I reckon, that could fall out of the eight. And I reckon they're a 1% chance to fall out. I, so, I just don't think the team's under can win enough games. I think the eight's finished. But also don't think, like today, this is what everyone was saying, oh, you know, if Titans beat Brisbane and then, you know, but you're relying on the teams above them to lose. And at the moment, they're not, they're not losing. No, they're not going to. They're not going to lose that many. I said it last week. Brisbane are not going to lose five, six games in a row. No. And, let, and that, that you still have to win under them. It's not happening. How, this, many, how many wins does that now put Brisbane on? Ten? Ten. Oh, it's let, done. Well, there you go. They're so they need, clear. The Tigers what, are on seven. Two or three out it. of eight games. And the Tigers and the Raiders have got really bad draws coming yeah. up. And I, it's done. The no, look, done. I still think Canberra, like, they're a 1% chance. They're a 1 in 100 chance. Zero. Not happening. You don't think they're... That, nah, if you I ran was, this over, you've ran this scenario over 100 times, once they wouldn't get in. Done. I was done yeah, last so week. I think, I think 1%. Chance. I was done last week. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, like looking at the Warriors, it's it's only like like something like that, like a Warriors implosion. You know, I but don't I think, know. I'm just I'm looking looking at things to try and keep me interested in the competition because at the moment, I think particularly with, after Brisbane winning today, it's like well, with the home game, done, man. with the home games that the Warriors are getting, with a Fowler and Harris and a few guys still not there. I know they're up and down, but they're going to find two more wins for me, which will be enough. And you're still waiting and saying that Canberra's going to win five or six in a row, and the Warriors are going to lose six or seven. And Canberra's going to play Souths, the Sharks, the Panthers, the Storm, the Roosters. I, it's not happening. It's just not happening. I was done last week, and I'm, it's, I'm definitely done now, even if they've won. I think the eight for me is finished. It's just where they finish. I honestly don't think... I think Souths, the Dragons, and Penrith will all stay in the top four. I think there's only one spot left in the top four. I think Melbourne or the Roosters will get that spot. And I think Sharks, Brisbane, and the Warriors will be down that but, uh, end, bottom side of things. And I think there's legitimate reasoning, like we said last week, for probably seven of those teams. The Warriors in Brisbane, I find it harder to find a reason for, but on their day, who knows? 
And the way this forward pack's developing for Brisbane, the further things have gone along, on their day with that pair of halves, could something happen? Yes. But do I think they'd be better off if Ben Hunt would have stayed? I would have said they're a top four side, the way this forward pack's developed now. Mm. But, yeah, I, I think the eight's done. But on Ivan and Nathan, you're not going to hear anything from Nathan until the back end of the year. If anything, I, like I said, it makes sense for Brisbane, but it would be the year after. Would Ivan go there the year after? All that does line up somewhat, but wouldn't that mean he has to cut his tenure at the Tigers' year short? Yeah. Wouldn't they have to release him as well? From his contract, yeah. or he'd have to like there's there's it's complicated and it's still that far away. I don't know why it keeps getting brought up. But Move so, on, yeah. Uh, point three, uh, I don't again. Well, I said I wasn't gonna spend long on that, but we did. But we'll, this one, I don't need to chat, spent a long time on it because we've mentioned a lot. But the depth of the Panthers proven on Friday, like to think that you can bring in May and Luai, who were both one's a junior under 20s player in Tyra May, Jerome Luai was the New Zealand 20s captain for the Kiwi side of things, mm. come in to replace your halves. When Dylan Edwards went down, most people would have thought, oh, that's really a big blow. And then if not, I think Dallin's been better at fullback, if anything, if not as good. You had Katoa mid-season take over for Wallace. I think that's improved them. We've seen Layota come back in. We've seen Hetherington come in, Kate Ellis debut, Harawira Naira, Fisher-Harris, and there's still more mm. that haven't played or are on the fringe of things here. This yep. top 30, as we said, this is full of first graders. Not fringe first graders, genuine first grade footballers. Mm. And I'm going to say it right now if you're a Panther fan and I think you should be nervous. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think you've got the coach to win a competition. I think you've got the talent to win a competition. Then in the next two years, if they can't win a premiership, I think they've missed a window. Because at some point, all these blokes are going to be either going elsewhere or it's going to be a struggle to keep them. That's where this speculation comes from. Maloney coming this year. All the speculation you're hearing... Well, it comes from two things. Media agenda, because they don't like Gus, which is fine. Gus is polarizing, whatever. Get over it. I've got no but problem with Gus. I'm just making I don't, it. No, no, no. I'm saying, but that's the that's the narrative that's rung out. Who cares about that? that yeah. That's always going to exist, whether Gus was at Penrith, Parramatta, Brisbane, fucking Wigan Warriors. People aren't going to like him. There's going to be an agenda, whatever. Yeah. Cool. We, we, and we don't agree with everything he says or whatever, yeah. but it doesn't matter. The thing for me is, is that does, does Gus trust Griffin? Well, he should have he's watching him, He's watching him every session. And, you know, I do believe if where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. So they're obviously butting heads on some things. Definitely butting heads on some things. And like we said on last week's show, I think it's healthy for that to happen. Mm. But is there, a, is there one part in, in Gus's mind that says that he knows what you've just said? He knows what you've just said. I get that. But does he then go, is this where this smoke's coming from in that shit? I need to get someone in here who can take this side to the next level. And I heard someone, I can't remember who it was, whether it was 360 or the Sunday footy show, talking about the stages of the development at Penrith in that Ivan Cleary was a was a coach for the first stage and Griffin was a coach for the second stage That's and that bullshit. they were looking for someone to take them to that next bullshit. level. I honestly think, oh, look, I believe in my heart of hearts that Ivan's a better coach than he is a better Griffin. coach than And I was at the club when both of them were there and I've seen the differences in the junior development and whatever. Have I sat down with Ivan and shot the shit? And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
heard him speak footy? Yes. Have I had that opportunity with Anthony Griffin? No. So am I in a position to judge Anthony Griffin personally? The results. From a, and, and I don't like it how people say he's a shit coach because you don't know. We're not in there. No, We're only think, judging them on results and their results are good. And he was at Brisbane with a good side yeah. and he struggled. And now he's got an even better side here. And I think Ivan turned the Warriors But around. what I'm saying Ivan is I don't, I don't, I don't think he got a chance. I still don't think he got a chance. And whether people like it or not, my main point that I'm going to bring out of this is I think Gus Gould may be the reason they don't win a comp. As much as I like him, I think he doesn't trust anyone, which is insane. He needs to be a jam of football, put somebody in, and stay the fuck away from the coaching side of things. I think he in himself He's too smart has for been his own good. as good for the club as he has been bad, and in some ways could be the reason they don't end up winning a comp. Yeah, I think he got rid of the coach that I thought should have had a chance to take this group that he built, which he didn't get a chance to get his final hands on it. I yeah. think at the end of the day, my main point here is I think he's too smart for his own good. He doesn't trust anybody but himself, mm. and that could be ultimately the downfall. But we also, yeah, you talk about it in your job. It's like don't get fired. You know, like there's one person you can't have an argument with, and that's your boss. I get that, but you're going to disagree because on player recruitment. Get, but he, get, he can't take it personally or always think that he knows best, and mm. he has to trust somebody at some point. We all know that at some point you do have to trust people in a job like rugby league. I get it. I if he doesn't trust Anthony anybody. Griffin's obviously playing the game a little bit better than what Ivan did because – you know, Ivan was fine, and then it was a little bit of speculation. And He's boom, tired. Gone. Bullshit. Gone. He was not but, tired. Yeah, but now, you That's know, a it's sad sort excuse. Of, we had the preseason talk, which was at the old buttonhead. So, and he survived that, and there was a little bit of talk over the last couple of weeks. And Well, it was too destabilizing <clears> to stack a coach, which is why I said it either needed to happen straight away, <clears> not mid season, and they needed to get Maguire or something like that in. Anyone they thought could have done the job temporarily, or one of the assistants, and he would have done all the coaching anyway. So, it wouldn't have made a difference, even though he doesn't want to put his name to it. And he always says, Oh, I'm not coaching them. Yeah, look, but I, I honestly agree with think you. my I, main if, point is he could be as good as he's been. He could also be long term. When you look back on it, to me, the one who sabotaged a couple opportunities by bringing in the wrong coach, getting rid of who I thought was the right coach, and we'll never know, and just being too smart for his own good and not mm. trusting people. If he doesn't trust people, this process is going don't to start hire again. Him if you don't and trust you're going to hire another coach who's going to come in, look at this top thirty, even though we love it, and say I don't like maybe two or three of these guys, make a slight change, bring another system. It's just at some point you have to settle, and I think. I still think that they were wrong in getting rid well, of Ivan, and I don't think yeah, uh, they've got the coach to win. We, we agree on that, and we've spoken about that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think Ivan was outstanding. But going back to what I was saying, like I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and and hear Griffin talk footy and know what he's doing, and confidently say, "Look, I don't agree with your style of coaching." Yeah. That's from my from my time there. I had that opportunity with Ivan. And I, I, you know, really like what he was doing. A lot of these guys here were part of that 20 side that I was involved with that won the competition under Ivan's tenure with the 20s, yeah? Mm. So I don't want to shit bag Griffin either. No. Because I think Griffin's in a position like what you're talking about in that maybe he's been pulled and prodded in different directions away from where he'd like to take the side in terms of where he thinks that they can win a competition. So if what you're saying is true, you're right. Like, if you don't trust him, fire him. I get that, but I'm still no, no, saying... No, I'm agreeing yeah. with what you're saying, but... Or, or if not... Just let him fucking coach. Just stay out of the way. Yeah. But what I'm getting at as well, I've seen what he's done at Brisbane, and I think my whole point in the first place is if you brought him in just because you thought he was going to play along with what you're doing, you're still sabotaging. That's still a wrong reason to hire somebody. Mm. Because when you're looking you at it... Do you think Griffin got a rough deal at Brisbane? No. He brought through his own crop of gun 20s who were very, very good, and I think Bennett took But he made, he made the eight, didn't he? And then he got fired because Wayne was coming back. Well, he did miss the eight as well, didn't he? Was he the one who missed no, the eight or was it Henry? I think he missed it. I think Griffin missed it maybe in his first year. But I don't know. Was it Wayne Bennett that got his gig after? And but made... Griffin hasn't missed the eight at Penrith. 
I know that, but he shouldn't miss the eight penalties. That's the whole point. Mm. I'm saying this team I said at the start of the year could be top four. I put him at six or something because of the coaching thing, and I wasn't sure. But on talent, I said they could win the comp or they should be top four full stop because it's stacked. Okay, so if I said to you now, Penrith, with no injuries, could they win the comp? Yes. Hmm. But with the coach, I'm not so sure. I don't think they might so be missing. So what is it about the way that they're playing that you're not confident in? I still don't see enough in the halves on the field together right now. I know they're great as halves and even in origin I haven't seen enough. But last week, I thought they were on completely different pages. At mm. times, I still don't think uh, when you look at things as far as moving into good ball that they look too fluent. I thought they looked better on Friday night with those guys just playing footy, punched in the middle and playing direct. And I thought they looked better with Maloney on his own, which is not a knock on Cleary. But when he had full control on the forge just going forward and offloading things were going, it was all good. Yeah. But I just don't think there's enough between those two just yet and there's not enough balance. Of- I think Maloney, especially now that he's had control for eight to ten weeks, feels like it is his side and Nath has kind of had to take a back seat. And I think it also hurts when you've had mid-season changes like they had have had at nine and one, obviously, to get everyone to flow together. Purely from a talent standpoint, they're outstanding. Mm-hmm. They might have the best forward pack in the comp, if not one of the best, along with the Dragons. But from a coaching perspective, I don't know if he's good enough to pull all of it together. Mm. I don't know. I really don't know. I'll say two things. I I know two things for absolute certain. This is me talking personally. I know that I fucking got it wrong in the preseason when I predicted him to miss the eight. Well, I put South at ninth and I said I'd regret it and I do regret it now. I got that wrong because I took too much into the fact that Griffin was going to get sacked and there was off-field stuff was going to affect the on-field talent. And, the, yeah. and I overlooked the fact that they've got 30 guns. And I, I backed the talent, but I still the, said yeah. similar. <clears throat> the, second, the second point is, is that they're in the top four and I'm still not sure on where Penrith sit this year. No, no, no. I watch them and I, and I love some parts of what they do. And then I watch them and there's parts where I just go, what is, what's going on here? Well, like last so week. So like I look at Manly, but... For me, I'm happy to put the pen through what they did against Manly because it was Origin. Post-Origin. There was a game against Canberra that was post-Origin 1 as well where they, they pulled that one out of the bag. So I just think this six-week period is one where you've just got to flush it for Penrith, just get through, sort your injuries out. The one for me, I think they've got a really big decision to make this week. I think post this Origin game... Don't play them. They, the need, to rest, they need to rest all of them. I'd rest Peachy as well. well if he I'd plays 10 minutes... I'd still wrestle. I'd long. still play him. I, this week... I if, still think he's got to warm up. He's going to play. I get he's still that. going to be sore. He's still got to travel. He's still been in camp. But if... I'd if, rest all of them. If Dallin's out this week, which I spoke to you about earlier, and you want, to pick, play and you want to pick the same halves again, I'm not debuting Aikens, even though he's had a good run at fullback. I'm not moving Phillips or Wunger or someone there. I'd be putting Peachy at six, and I'd move Luai to fullback because he's played there before. And that's you know, the way I'd, I'd be playing this week. But anyway, yeah. I, like, I'd I, rest I, the halves, though, and I'd definitely rest... And um, I'm happy to admit, got it wrong, but I just I look at them and I still can't work out where they're going to land this year. I, I think they're going to finish top four, but can they win the competition? I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no. I, I think they can, but again, would I be more confident if Ivan was there? I just feel weird opinion? because I, yes. I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I, I can't get a read on them. I, I can't... You know, I look at South and I go, can they win the comp? Yes. I look at the Dragons, can they win the comp? Yes. I look at Penrith, can they win the comp? And I go, I don't know. I think the Panthers still, to me, again, I've said it before. I look at the Roosters and I go, I don't know. I think the Roosters can and Mm. I think they've got a better coach. And I think he's got a bigger mission because they've had so many new bits came in and they're trying to pull it together. Mm. I think Penrith have built this and it's sitting there. I just think it needs the right coach. But for me, okay, so you're saying, yes, they can win the comp based on one or two performances that you've seen on one night. For me... To win a comp, you need to be consistent over four weeks of footy. The two teams for me which have shown consistency and have beaten... 
big sides have been South and the Dragons. Well, I still think that South have got more off their bench <coughs> and have got what I... And the Dragons did early in the yeah, year. Yeah, but the other thing, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And early in the year, look at the Tigers. I don't take a lot in the first five weeks sometimes because back-end form Even Melbourne, important. like people are going to go, you're crazy. I, I haven't seen a performance this year from Melbourne where I've thought... Well, this back run is going to tell us. That's what I'm getting at. And we see this every year. The back run always tells us realistically what's going to happen. But do I, I honestly think that the Dragons have got a great 1-13. to 13. I don't think they've got enough on their bench. And also, when I say genuine strike players, like it's an awesome forward pack, but they're not game breakers. They're a great forward pack. Gareth Woodop is a game breaker. Ben Hunt is a game breaker. And you could probably say Dufty's a game breaker. When I look at South, though, Cook, Inglis, Johnston, Walker, like Crichton, Burgess, I think they've got multiple game breakers. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. just have good players. Guys that are one they have guys well. that can break a game open. I think the Dragons have got a great 1-13, to 13, but I don't think they have as many game breakers. Storm similar. I don't think they've got they've got a few handful of guys there, but genuine game breakers. Mm. Smith, Billy, probably Munster. But I think South, when you look at just sheer, you know, those kind of things, that side of things, they've got game breakers. Yeah. And it's I think we're very it's it's unfortunate that the top eight has broken away from the bottom eight and we're we're robbed of that end of the season, the run, someone making a run and the jostling for positions, but well, all we're going to get I, now. I think, I think I've never been as uncertain about teams who I know which are going to play great. finals. Which is great. So, you know, I'm really certain that... And we're still uncertain about top four and home finals and who's getting two bites of the cherry. And it's very important. I don't think Melbourne have any chance Like, I look at what the Roosters did. The Roosters did to Penrith a few weeks ago. And I go, man, oh. that's like... that's. But and then... Oh, yeah. And I Dra- know, like it's not consistent. But this is me. that knock effect we've said. The Warriors have beaten the Dragons. The, Warriors, so the yeah, Dragons like, have beaten Melbourne. Melbourne towered up the Warriors. South lost to Penrith barely without Inglis and Burgess well, playing, and they've beaten the Dragons. And the Roosters have smashed Penrith. They've all beaten each other. Mm. Cronulla's beaten Penrith, beaten Melbourne, and they've lost to the South, Roosters, South and they've the lost to the Dragons. They haven't been really dusted by anyone, have they? No. And they've, they've they're the one, pretty much if you want to take everything together. The other one is, a fact, like a funny quirky fact I saw on Twitter... <clears throat> No team that's ever been beaten by 50 has won the comp. So no. if that if you apply that, the Dragons are gone. Dragons are gone. And then you even look at Brisbane. Brisbane have beaten the Sharks. They've beaten the Warriors. They've been beaten by Melbourne twice. Uh, like, you know, it's it's hard. It really is hard to read much in it. But, yeah. That's that, a good chat. I like it. Well, massive chat. And I think we've got some fucking layer in that. That's good. Some good layers. As Dr. Evil said, layers. Where did we start? Was that the point on Penrith? That was Panthers, depth. Then we got into the club and the coach and good. premiership like and it. top eight. But this one, I've said it twice now. This time I mean it. A quick point. Tackle four. Go. Jack Whiten. Uh, basically, it looks like regardless of what Canberra on, he's going to be suspended for the rest of the season. Brad Abbey, fingers crossed that there's nothing major. I didn't read anything today about his Concussion. neck. It's just concussion, yeah. and he was a bit stunned and maybe a bit sore from the neck. Mate, that, was, okay. that was his head. It was bad. His head bounced around, the floor. Man. Austin, is it a sliding door moment that he could play fullback for the rest of the year? No, he can't play fullback. No. You don't think he can? No. You don't he doesn't think have that? the idiot. I don't think people understand how hard it is to play fullback. I understand how hard it is fitness. to play football, but I know how fit he is because I've played with the bloke and I've seen him train. He trains bloody hard. Yeah, that fit. But I'm sitting there going, he doesn't have to tackle. You take him out of the front line. You put him at the back, and his impact last night was great. And okay, I thought, so is he going to know positioning? Is he going to know how to set a defensive line? Is he going to know well, how to sort numbers on a short side? Is he going to be okay diffusing kicks? Is he going to be okay well, linking with his back? Do you have is he going to be though? okay carrying the ball from dummy half? Like they're all things that you have to do to play fullback. For me, can he do it? No. There's right. your short point. And then I was going to say, like, could this be a sliding door moment for him and his contract and that? But I've heard <laughs> this afternoon, and it basically seems it's done now. He looked pretty shitty last night in his interview. Looked like he didn't want to be there. He wasn't too happy. And I've heard more than enough mail that suggests this afternoon. Well, he's going to Warrington. Don't worry about Parra. Don't worry about the Raiders. He's going to be going to Warrington. So, which is shit because he should. He's an NRL. Another one of these guys that I spoke about before that we said that. But at the same time, 
how do you knock back 2.8 million over four years? Like that's well, greedy. That, that's to his decision. Like, you, you must be nuts to think that you're worth a lot more than 700 and Ben Hunt got a million dollars, but he's not Ben Hunt. So I don't know what he's thinking in that know. regard, but don't know. yeah, move on from that one. Tackle five. There you go. That was quick. Bringing up, similar to Penrith, the Broncos crop of kids. All yeah. we've said all year is about the forward pack. They need a seven. Some people keep whinging that we've been critical about the Broncos. I think we give the Broncos plenty of credit. The simple fact is you need a seven. I still think you need a seven, and you could be a top four or win the comp. I look at them, and I go, they can't win the comp because they don't have a seven. They don't have a half. That's all it is. Yeah. But talent-wise, <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely stacked. And I still think, I think Darius Boyd's on the dip. Yeah, Azarko. So is... I think one of those guys, one of those young bucks is going to go in and fill that hole. Like for me, I look, I look in two years' time, and I say, you know, I can see whether it's next year or the year after Brisbane winning the comp. Yes. Yeah. Who's the fullback? I don't think it's Darius Boyd. I think it's one of those kids. Yeah. It's Zarko. Yeah. So, but you need to have a half. I, They've whiffed by missing Hunt. Ash Taylor and Hunt and letting Hunt go. Yeah. And <clears> I said it before, Jack Bird's contract is Ben Hunt. Nine hundred thousand. Oh wow! They offered him a million or one point one down there. You can't yeah. tell me the Broncos couldn't have found a third party to scrap and, up another hundred or two. What and, people forget also is that like. In 2015, they were what 10 seconds away from winning a comp, and that's with the, a lot that's of these the perfect guys, half though. With a lot of these guys yeah. that are still there, so but Tavita and the fact also is that they haven't got Matt Gillett. He's not there. No, he's a going to get better. So, but even him, if he doesn't come back from the neck injury and he's on 700, that's money that I'm happy to get because yeah. I've got Sewer, I've got Fafita, I've got Tavita Pengai, I've got Afangiawi, I've got Lodge, I've got Haas, and then like Stags. Stag, if you can't tell me that Stags is not a clone a decade ago of Alex Glenn, Alex Glenn came in similar kind of player, played centers. 5'8", back row in the younger grades, came in and filled in as like a utilities first few games, obviously developed into a great back row. But today, still playing nine, playing centre. Staggs is playing back row last year. He's kicking goals. He moves into Q Cup. He's playing centres. He's scoring tries. He kicks goals as well. It's like a mini clone 10 years later, but yeah. I think he's stronger. And then today, before he got KO'd, he was great. But yeah. And, and look, looking from... The uh, ages of these kids, though. Today's like, game perspective, right? They're missing their nine. They're missing yeah. their gun yardage winger. They're missing probably their the best middle, lock. best middle, mm-hmm. yeah. In in um, Josh McGuire, who else are they missing? And they're nine. Not they had a debutant hooker. Hey, they had four in Origin, didn't they? Yeah. Who's the other one? Who am I missing? <clears throat> McGuire. Yeah, McGuire. Oates. McCulloch. Oates. And who's the other one there that's in Origin for them? Or is it only three? I thought it was four. <clears throat> I thought it was four at all. But anyway, like it doesn't matter. But Roberts. James Roberts. Strike right. centre. Strike centre. So they've, so they've got good backs. For me, and then and you look at and look, from a Titans perspective, losing Arrow and losing Wallace wasn't ideal. But we're at home. It's a Sunday Arvo. We've got Brisbane without four of their best players, and we can't fucking beat them. And you got Ryan James back to go into your forward pack with Kevin Proctor and a couple other so, guys. And you still got Ash me, Taylor and Brimson. That and highlights that highlights for me how good this young crop is, is the fact that the Titans lose two players. They key players, four. right, but not in key positions. We've still got our spine there intact. Mm. Yeah, and Brisbane fucking wiped the floor with us. I'm looking at it right now, though, and I'm sitting there going, like I said, the Jack Berg contract just won't let me go. Right? Brisbane fans may be sick of hearing me say it. That's Ben Hunt. Mm. 900K for him with third parties. You can't tell me they couldn't have found Probably him. Probably less, mate. We, we, if, if Ben Hunt's on 1.2, they could get a $500 uh, For Ben Hunt, they would have got a great TPR. third party easily. So you probably only have to pay him seven hundred. And look, there's halves a few and far between. If Ben Hunt's there right now with the way this is developing, I'm talking about them as a premiership. It looked threat. a little bit to me, but like a middle finger from Ben Hunt going, "Fuck you!" Like I want to go and prove that I can be a game manager. It was and more I, Wayne I, Bennett going, "I don't think you can be that half." And he did restrict <laughs> him. He said that openly that he felt that he wasn't given full control, which is silly. But now looking at it, that's. 
That's a glaring piece. Mm. That's it's the only thing that's missing. I think oh, everything else at, is there. Depth think... is there, like Penrith. They've got a couple of kids. Milford is a good six with a great seven next to him. They've got a solid night. Everything is there, but it's the halfback. Mm-hmm. Nick Aroma and him, again, you'd say that one in a hundred scenario. Could they go on a run and no. knock all those teams off with that forward pack? There's no. a bloody absolute slim chance of it. But if there was a genuine number seven there in Ben Hunt, I'd think they're a premiership contender. I really do. Mm. That's the glaring one. But this crop, they've got a Tavita's off contract. Offering Gowie is signed, I'm pretty sure, at the moment. Lodge is off, Sua is off, and Azarko. Azarko said he wants to stay, as does Tavita Pangai. They have to lock them in. I'm sure Lodge will stay, given the welfare perspective and the setup of the club. You'd think he'd want to pay back that side of things for them. And Jaden Sua, there was rumours, $500,000 off from the Rabbitohs. Crazy for a 20-year-old, but I rate the kid. Yeah, I, would, I would pay half a million dollars for Jaden Sua, and I usually wouldn't lash out on kids. But if they can keep all these blokes, they've got a hell of a future coming up. Yeah. It is a great crop. Last tackle, Robinson, as we spoke about earlier, and the Rooster side things reported four-year deal, 2022. Like it, don't like it. I like it. Heard all the rumors earlier in the year about him and Politis <laughs> clashing, and I said it to you. He owns it, and it's his decision, but if he wants to win a comp, similar to the Gus Gould kind of thing, stay the fuck out of the way, is my perspective. If he's the man, if he's the coach, if you trust him, and I don't think there's many better than Robinson out there, mm. you can disagree on some things, but at the end of the day, do you want to win a comp, or do you want to have a pissing contest and say, oh, I like Jake Friend, or I like this person, you can't do that. I, if I'm an owner, I want to win comps. And if I feel i got the right coach, and I think Robinson is, stay the fuck out of the way. Yeah, it angers me when people say, oh, well, I get it. He owns the club. But does he want to win comps or does he want to fucking have one friend there that he likes? Hmm. And no plan, pun intended, on friend. So, yeah. I yeah. agree, man. I agree. There we go. Set of six. And we move on now to our game reviews. These won't take too long before we do our tips. Pokedelux.com.au. Footy season. It's here. If you're part of a team... If you're a part of a sporting club, if you want to fundraise, I look no further than Poker Deluxe. Ten years worth of experience in fundraising for clubs. Paul and Adam at the team, they're very passionate about helping much-needed local clubs raise those funds. Their fundraiser comes with a whopping $1,000 profit guarantee as a minimum. They provide all the equipment and hosts to run the night and $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. Also, it's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee, if you're involved in a club, get in touch with them and have a chat and see how you can get that $1,000. You also get $100 discount off the cost of the night if you mention the podcast. To date, they've raised over $1.5 million to sporting clubs around Australia. www.pokerlux.com.au Brock, Friday game, or Thursday game, sorry. Thursday, my friend. Storm, 52-30. What a game for 65 minutes, but the back end and the Dragons, the arse just fell out and Melbourne ran at home all over the top of them. Strange, man. Strange game. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. I uh, thought it was open, attacking... Good footy. Uh, Melbourne, they leaked some points. Man, they leaked some points uncharacteristically. Like, I, I watched that and thought, poor. You know my bigger <clears throat> issue, though? It was after scoring three times that they made an error or gave the football yeah. back and conceded first set after. So they've gone try, error, try against, try, error, try against. Whether it was the Croft off the poor Hoffman offload getting stripped in the crazy one-on-one, the error after points off the kickoff or second play, and then they go to the corner and score off the scrum play there where Tonopia gets held in. Like It was just back and forth, and I was quite frustrated because I thought that Melbourne had the better of it, to be honest. And I felt, as we said earlier in the week, Widop and Smith were going to be the difference, but I looked at their young forward pack, and I've been whinging all year that their bench doesn't get enough time, and I don't think he's given them a chance to play. And that Melbourne, even though Welch and Stimson, these guys aren't outstanding, they haven't played a lot of minutes either, they've had more NRL time. I thought that would be the difference. It turned out to be that way later in the game and Melbourne held the football. But early stages, I thought Laurie uh, and these guys, Luciano, Lewis, Sello, they all did a pretty good job. But in the long-term side of things, the back end, 
they conceded four tries back to back. It was crazy. I did not see that coming from what we saw out of that game. I thought the one big change that they made is when they put Albert Vette on with Nelson in that second stint there. His kickoff carries at the back end there, and there was a play there where there was those two punching in one after the other with offloads, which opened up the middle for Hughes to play through the middle with Croft. Um, I thought they made a bit of a difference. Nelson was pretty good in that game, but no one was better than Jerome Hughes. His kick returns, chipping in on the ball playing, his support play, everything about Jerome Hughes I've liked from start to finish. We're stoked that we picked him up when we got him, but watching him play right now, much like I feel about Cameron Munster when I said the other year being Billy Slater's replacement, he's obviously developed into a six, which I didn't expect him to be now, but I'm looking at Hughes again saying, well, bloody, thank God we've got him here at our club because when Billy retires, whether it would be him or Munster at one or six, I'm happy with both those guys. I really am. Yeah. And it's an important win. Let's face it. I don't think Melbourne are up to top four, top four standard this year, but if they can finish there, it's huge and it's their only chance. The last two weeks, they've rolled the Roosters, who were ahead of them, and now they've got this one, the Dragons, who are ahead of them. So they're big results when you're taking points off people that are in front of you that you're chasing. Well, that's exactly right. And they've yeah. put themselves in the top four. So on the run home, I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to hold in, but they may do enough to get two bites of the cherry. I can't see a home final, but if they get two bites of the cherry, they're much better off than what they are. Yeah. I, the one glaring thing to come out of this game for me was how much more Melbourne were passing the footy. I sent you in a text message. And I went and had a look at how many passes they average a game. They average about 280 passes a game. In this game, they had 400 passes. Mm. So Younger side, you know, different. That, for me, it was just, no, I think Craig Bellamy's starting to turn the wheels in terms of what he thinks is going to be effective and what's going to win them the comp or putting them in a position to win the comp. He's probably looking at South Sydney, who are throwing a lot of passes. They're playing on the edges. A lot of short passes on the edges, on those long shift plays, I think, Traditionally, it's been a long pass for a long pass in, in those block sweet plays. South are now hitting a lot of those lead runners and then going out the back of them. Yeah. So I think Bellamy's changing their style of attack or their method of attack and looking to use short passes to break defences down. So something to keep your eye on over the next couple of weeks, just particularly post-Origin once they get all their players back and they make a run into the finals, just how Melbourne's attack is changing. They're, they're pushing in pairs a lot and passing the ball as well. And I just saw a real um, increase in the amount of times that they're just playing really direct Melbourne the other night. So, yeah, just something I, no- I noticed. I sent you a text about it. So yeah. And then the stats sort of backed that up. So Well, they were great. Smith in the last 15 or so minutes took control of that game. Hughes by far, though, the standout for me. Jackson Croft both pushed their case as well to have that seven spot. For Jacks had a solid night, set one up, scored one. Croft, obviously, great feet when he got through and scored his try. A couple of nice moments there from him as well. Of- just real key moments like you and Aitken when Ryan Hoffman scored, just pedaling away, not making a tackle. I can't believe didn't, Hoffman didn't pass that to Jackson. It's crazy. Um, Darren Nichols missed a couple of key tackles as well. Not a happy debut for him. He had no. a bad night on his inside shoulder in particular. He got yeah. exposed a few times. So. so they were probably the two for the Dragons that I thought were maybe some points. Maybe but... a bit too much hype in a build up after waiting for so long. Yeah, maybe the, played the, the game. Dragons, in his head. The Dragons led with 14 to go. Yeah, well, they were right in it. You have to give them a wrap. Nene McDonald's finish is all class. Most importantly, though, and you messaged it before we heard on the TV to me. The change of hands. He put that in his left. It was in his right. Yeah, but he put it in the, his left. He put the bumper down there. He thought this whole through. He yeah. got the bump so he couldn't play That's on right. the football. And then switched Knocked it back. the man, then got it back in, lifted the legs, put it in the right, extended. There was a whole process to that, and that is exceptional finishing. And I think as far as the bigger wingers in the game, between him and David Fusitua for the bigger wingers, it's pretty hard to pick who's a better finisher, but they're outstanding. Yeah. I'd throw Oates in the conversation with some of the tries he scored. But between Nene 
and Fussy Tua for body control for large men. Yeah. He's an outstanding, yeah, just an awesome finisher, that's for sure. Uh, those younger forwards would be better for the run. Disappointed the host got injured, but this proves my point. For them to compete for the title, Sele, Laurie, Leilu, you've, you've got to play your bench. You're going to have to trust them. At the moment, he only trusts Laurie. If, uh, sorry, he only trusts Armia. If he doesn't trust anyone else, they're not going to beat South and these other guys. If you can't put guys on for 20, 25 minutes and get a stint out of them where you can rely on them. Mm-hmm. So big result for Melbourne, though, as far uh, as we've said of the um, top four implications or fighting for. Penrith against the Warriors, 36 to 4. Penrith, a bit of a slow start, to be honest. I kind of felt for the first 10 minutes that the Warriors had the ascendancy. You could tell the difference with the set starts having Marmola and Fussy Tua back. They got some chances inside 20. They got no points. And then all of a sudden, after 10, 15 minutes of feeling like it was a bit of a grind and they were getting over the top of the Panthers, Penrith just tore them to pieces, James, led by James Fisher-Harris. And Isaiah Eo as captain the other night, I think played one of the best games I've seen him play. He grew an absolute extra leg. And a lot of the time, I question leg speed in particular from him and just the level of aggression. I don't know whether it was because he felt that he had the responsibility on him and sometimes he just kind of plays his role, but he actually had some vigor and violence, I thought, the other night in the way he ran the football. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was exceptional. But Fisher-Harris on top of that, Leota back off the bench, Jack Hetherington, as much as I've said about him and hip grab in particular, discipline-wise, there is not a better younger forward as far as leg speed and shrug is concerned. Every time he thought, I thought he was tackled in contact, the shrug and the violence again in his movement and the way he gets around for a big bloke. And he cut through once or twice as well. Mm. He moves exceptionally well for a big man. But... <clears throat> I thought the Warriors competed for eight minutes. <clears throat> I don't disagree. They Ten, got 10 to cycle. 15, I felt they were there. And then they just, they were out. Um, and then they just, look, I thought they got a couple of shit calls in the first half. I think there was a couple of forward passes that were 50-50s. I thought one of them was forward. I didn't um, think the other was. Yeah. So, like for me, they, they copped a couple of off calls. But to get beat 36-4, it's disgusting. They, it's they were pathetic. They've been blown out a few times. You know, I I watch the Warriors and, I, you know, as much as we've said good about them this year, there's still that element of just quitting them. Yeah, they and do. Softening they shut them. down. And Hiku's edge particular. Like, well, he got the hook. That yeah. was, it was he disgusting. Was disgraceful. Disgusting. And, you know, the amount of possession that they gave away, just pushing passes, playing sideways, mm. kicking the ball dead. Um, they, they were disgraceful. Uh, and Penrith just blew the doors off them and... I thought they, they felt their way into the game, the young Panthers. They, yeah. they were a bit nervous and they you know they stuck to the structure and they were kicking and playing They, they loosened up off that forward pack. Yeah, now. once they once the forward started to roll on a little bit. They, they had a run of possession, I think, at the back end of the first half where they had the ball for nine minutes. The Warriors didn't touch it at all. so And they scored, I think, 14 points, 12 or 14 points. So. Well, Jerome, Luai and May, as we both know, are ball runners in particular. Luai showed great confidence when he cut through, I think, Sate in the middle there when there was a big space. Then that kick, play one. That shows some balls to roll that grabber in and find the space. The man was there. The gap was there. It needed the right kick. It was a big risk, but he got it. May good on return from an ACL. Defensively got knocked over a few times, but he's still finding some confidence in that knee. But as a pair, they were great. Sianna Catala has been great since he's taken over from Peter Walls. Yeah. Um, Dallin was good again, but now it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But kick out on that forward pack. James Fisher-Harris, Isaiah. I said it to you earlier. If there's questions coming up in the next year or two about keeping all these guys, and we upgrades are inevitable. And in particular, you've got one year left at the end of this season, but you're on the market. Next year, I think kick out Hetherington. There's a handful on the market. There's two guys I'm staring at right now that I don't think are worth their contracts. And if they're going to need money, I think one of them has to go. It's Trent Merrin and it's James Tarmow. And Panther fans out there, I know you may be attached. Take it from my perspective, though, from a business point of view, 
Would you rather keep Laota, Hetherington, Yo, Kikau, Fisher-Harris, Harawir and Iron, all these guys who are 20, 21, 22, mm. 23, or would you rather a 31-year-old front rower who's collected a massive payday? He's been okay, but he's definitely not worth $700,000. Well, the reason they were bought in was to develop this younger crop to come through. I get through, that, so. but I still don't think no, they what I'm saying is also. if that job's done, mm. then you want to move those high-end contracts away to try and sign these younger guys. I'm trying to think, though... <laughs> and I should have looked this up before we came on. They both signed four-year deals, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know if it was the same year they came to the club or one after the other. Mm. If that's the case, I think Merrin's got another year to run on top of the one uh, two years to go after this. Yeah, And I think maybe Tarmel has an, just next year to run. Tarmel in particular, I think if you're going to try and get rid of him, would be harder to get rid of. I think Merrin, a lot of clubs would be interested in to take a decent chunk of that contract. But I just think, again, moving forward, I like both of them. But if you told me I need 100000 150000 here to upgrade a couple of those guys and it's going to cost me Merrin or Tamiya to keep Hetherington, Laota, et cetera, I'm keen to get rid of one of them to keep four or five of those guys. And you can't tell me Kikau's not looking at a decent kick or Hetherington's not going to get offered more from another club. They have to yeah. make some decisions at some point. Two of those guys or five or six of those young blokes, I think I'm going to get a lot more out of those blokes than I am out of those two moving forward. Fair, yeah. Marin gives his all every week. I think he's given a lot more than, say, James Tarmow, but I just think I'd rather have a couple more of those kids than Trent Marin for 700000 Well, Trent Marin signed with Penrith in 2015. He got a four-year deal, didn't he? Um, and Tarmow signs with the Panthers in 2016. <clears throat> so he's got an extra year to go. Yeah. Okay, so Marin's off first. Yeah, well, I, I just think that there's. I don't. Again, he's already said that they've basically finished their cap for the next two years. But to upgrade those kids, that's right. Because Tamau's last game for the Cowboys was winning the competition, wasn't it? Yeah, grand final, so twenty fifteen. Yep, there you go. <clears throat> so yeah, right now you've got Luai, Hetherington, Corey Waddell. So there's a couple of guys there that they'll be looking to trying to keep their hands on. I guess moving forward. And then you're looking at next year, like I've said, and there's a couple of those guys coming off contract again that you just – I think one of those bigger contracts to keep two or three would be a sacrifice they'd be looking to make. And I think they'd be able to find a buyer. But next year, there's Wanga Blake who – Nathan Cleary, obviously, they're playing next year, but their contract is open up. James Fisher-Harris, Sione Katoa, Vilama Kakao, Moses Laota. You can't tell me it's going to have to take something to get money for those five guys. Mm. And then you've got Edwards who you just kept and you've got Dallin there. Like, there, there's spots everywhere that are, are just, yeah, I think there's going to have to be a decision at some point. If they can keep more without losing someone, full credit to them. But I think there's going to be a decision coming at some point, and one of those guys is one of the two that I'm looking at, given the contract size, to be able to fit some of those players in. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, move on. Next game. you got Raiders and the Bulldogs, and safe to say that at the start of this game, I thought the Raiders were just going to roll over. The try off the scrum <clears throat> for Marshall King was soft. Yeah, it was soft. And I just had a bad feeling. I, I didn't watch this as heavily. I went back and watched it after the way the result panned out. But this, it went in streaks. Like there was there was a streak of sort of twelve points to the dogs, and then it streaked. Well, try, try, the, try, yeah, try, try, then like, streak, and then they streaked at the end. Yeah, it was weird, man. Like I I felt the Bulldogs were robbed. I thought the Bulldogs were absolutely robbed. They were the better side for. 60 minutes of this game. And this is what we usually say about the Raiders, that they were the better side, but and just couldn't blow. close. But this was the opposite. And Reese Martin was Reece exceptional. Reese Martin was fantastic. I, I thought, thought King, um, Marshall King. Marshall King's been good all year. Like he's, he's just safe. He's not 
He's not brilliant, but nah. he defends well, and you know he's pretty solid. Pretty solid kicking game. Elliot was good again the last yeah. couple of weeks since giving a start. I think he's really ripped. And I think Hopewade's also been solid back at fullback. He's not worth. I know he's got a lot of flack for contract value, and again, we we bag players about value and money, but he's a solid footballer. I thought he was well, at an okay what he gets game. Paid is, well, not what he gets paid. Yeah, you know? not exactly, anymore. He's not yeah. that kind of deal. But in the past, yeah, the the judgment of what he got paid, you know, that's you're, like you're bagging, worth what someone's willing to pay. That's like bagging Aaron Woods for the. Well, fact we say it about football. Paid. We're not worried about the contract. That's no. Bulldogs kind of side of things, but. Yeah. Canberra, in particular, Leilua, all game was dreadful. He owed it to his team to score at the end there. Luckily, he did with some of the passes, some of the, the reads coming well, it was in. A, I'm pretty sure it was a tie game, and he gave away. He dropped D- the ball, didn't score, gave away a penalty. Mouthed off. Then they scored. On his edge. Yeah. Yeah. And he, then from there, they came down, they took two, I think, and then they scored again to go ahead by 14. It was all that edge again. And he went and, you from... Know, people are going, oh, you redeemed yourself in the end. But really, nah. he only caught it and scored. Like, the the... It was Blake Austin that led that charge at the end. Oh, like, plus, he saved you know, the game. A few other guys for, from Canberra. But the fact is that Canterbury leaked like a sieve. That's a game, I think there was six minutes to go and they led by 14. You should never, ever, ever But I ever think lose this highlights what we say all the time. For all the structure and then play this and do that, the last five minutes when they found those three tries, they just played football. They played eyes up, ran hard, quick play the balls. They played football. They played what we teach people not to be robots. And it's... It's funny to think because I think the Bulldogs the last two weeks, same deal. When you take away all the bullshit, their season's done, the contract sagas have done, the couple of players are out. I think the last two weeks, they've just played football. They've ditched the structure, they've ran hard, they've generated quick play of the balls and they've played eyes up and I think they've benefited from it. Mm. So it shows, again, what happens, especially at the elite level, when you just go at what's in front of you instead of trying to put bullshit plays on. Yeah. Canberra looked more dangerous in the last five minutes when they just played eyes up than what they did for the whole game. Austin comes on, first touch, half line break. Second touch is a try. Third touch is the sweeping play from fullback, runs downfield. He made 90 metres, something like that. I'd scored a try and three line breaks in the last 15 minutes he was on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you say? Like, it was just, it's the craziest game I've seen this year. Yeah, I thought they're forward <laughs> pack. I think the most fun game I've seen this year was Thursday night. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was that. fun to watch, but it was. This game was just the strangest game it I've was, seen all year. Yeah. It was, again, it was so strange, it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, was I jumping up and down when they scored at the end? Like, yeah, like I, I enjoyed, enjoyed the last it. five minutes. But, you know, I feel sorry for Bulldogs fans. Oh. Yeah, but you know what? I've been a Titans fan. They haven't made the final since 2010. So, yeah. oh, well, sorry. They made it and then got beat in 2015. But, you know, like, we never make the finals. We've, we've been struggling for years and years and years. So, I can sympathize for being in that position. But, and look, the, the dark days look. To be, uh, you know, ahead of them, really, don't they? The, mm. the Bulldogs. So it's a great effort, though. But for like, the Bulldogs. it's just good. Reese Martin is a perfect example of how the Bulldogs get out of the trouble that they're in. Yeah. They need to go and find another handful of those type of players now that they've let these they're out contract. There. They are. They get, go and get them, put them in there, and look. I don't think they can make the eight, but no. I think they could be out of. They the can be nine four. to twelve, yeah. and they'll win some games just purely on effort. And they're they going to be able to then attract players to come to the, the club. Well, when you get money, then you can put a couple of guys around them and not go yeah. ham sandwich like they did last time and give a million dollars. Like, Desi many. gave a million to Foreign because he's his mate, basically. Mm. And it was a bad deal. And the wood, like, it's just just stupid. He basically. paid him on what he was, not what he is. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> nearly a fail. Stupid. He was on 375 at the Warriors and you gave him a million bucks. He's not worth that on the market. No, it's I'm ridiculous. Not but, yeah. Good effort from some of those guys. Martin, though, 28 points, score a hat-trick and a not win the game. That Yeah, that's, that's hard, but... All around, I thought the effort was there again. Like we said, just simple. When the pressure's off and you just play footy, they look better. And yep. the Raiders look better in the last five minutes for the same reason. I have to give a rap to Jared Croker. I'm hard on him at times as far as his defense, but he was outstanding last night. Yardage work, carries. 
He led from the front, and Nick Kotrick is a beast. Those two on the same edge, they were great. Saliba Harvey also playing this year has developed really, really well. And then moving into lock and then getting asked to play there last night. Hard ass for him. I thought he had a pretty decent game. Him and well. Hodgson were good. So, yeah. yeah. What Campbell. about Ricky? Pathetic. The side was pathetic. So angry. <coughs> Dean Poe, he's lamented it, but said again, you know, in the end, you have to close things out. So, uh, yeah. Keep Campbell. cheering. Keep supporting your team through the tough time, doggies. You just have <coughs> yep. to stick with those young kids. And I'm disappointed with the result, but if I was a fan, I would have been proud of the effort that those guys put proud. out. Proud. Proud. Proud, daddy. Broncos, Titans, 34-0. Uh, you just got the feeling early that it was going to be that way. Stags down that edge of Copley that we spoke about before. Somehow they've just decided to re-sign him. He conceded more tries down that edge last year between him and Kane Elgy than anyone else in the comp. Mm-hmm. They knew early on where they were going. They've had him at their club, so they obviously know that he also struggles to make decisions on the edge. Everything was down that side of the field. Stags was exceptional before he got KO'd by Fotoaker, but the try he scored gathering that in and just getting the ball back inside of Nicarima... And then not long after, they kept shifting to that tram on his side of the field and just setting up there and going at him. Um, he had a loose pass to get his hands on. He got in there. He threw Gordon on the floor and he scored again. They just, yeah, they, they really worked you guys over. They dominated to the middle for their young forward pack. They shifted well, constantly <clears throat> early. They also did the one thing we talk about all the time with the Titans is middle defense is piss poor. But in particular today, they would move with a wide pass away from the ruck and then just play back in it. And the space that was open was absolutely ridiculous. The amount of times that Milford just tipped a simple one pass back in. Boyd, who struggled with his hamstring, found his way through almost twice. Nick Arima found his way through. Like it was, it was just all around poor by the Titans. And Ash Taylor, anyone that thought he should have played Origin, and I know I'll openly say we said last week, compared to Cherry Evans, if they're going to roll the dice on someone, I would rather it be Ash Taylor, more from a cultural fit, age wise, and everything that's you know been said previously. But like on actual form, Hunt over Taylor any day of the week, and today he proved why. Mm. He's way too inconsistent in games. When things go poor, they go poor, and he's nowhere to be found. He kicked out the floor a couple of times. He threw a couple of shit passes. He dropped the footy. Six errors in total today. I don't know what you want me to say. <clears throat> you don't have to say much. That was no, dreadful. They were, like uh, for the fact that their season was on the line, like the slim it's the hopes that they had to play finals footy. That mm. was went on the line today. They'd had two good wins. They they'd won. At Belmore and Leichhardt, but the, the, this is the Titans to a T. They, as soon as your, you know, ears prick up and they go, oh, here come the Titans. They they give you a performance like this, and um, all everything that they everything that Brisbane did, the Titans really handed to Brisbane. You know, kicks out on the full penalties, um, errors, and you know Brisbane were just they blew the doors off them. And to be fair, thirty four nil flattered the Titans because. Brisbane took a couple of penalty conversions there where they could have tapped and gone and scored again. Titans were lucky this wasn't 50-0. Oh, that's all I'll say out of today. I think the score, the scoreline flattered the Titans. It did. They 34-0 flattered the Titans. And home, it was a home game. Preston Campbell, um, the stand was named after Preston Campbell today. If, if they were going to, you know, their season's on the line. They're at home. Big brother. All the things. They had a thousand reasons to put in a good effort today, and they turned that up. And it was probably the biggest home crowd of the season, but, you know, how many of those would travel down from Brisbane? Probably a lot, but, you know, it's just very difficult to have rusted on fans when you just churn out shit once a month. And yeah, they're, they're a side that's that's good in patches, but also horrendously bad in patches, and uh, I still think they are a basket case. I don't, yeah. I don't rescind anything I said on the podcast recently, and as a fan, it's just frustrating. Yeah. No. I sit down and watch my team and, and just know that more often than not, they're just going to churn out shit. 
And I still stick by what I said as far as signing, moving forward and management of the club. I don't think it's getting any better. Like Copley gets re-signed and they're saying they need to address the outside back issue. I think he's good with the ball, but I think defensively, I wouldn't have been rushing to sign him. No. And then the Cartwright contract, and they're already trying to offload him. And then Wallace, they were saying that he's asked for money and then they paid him anyway. And then they've got Boyd, who I don't think's barely playing to be an NRL level starter at the moment, let alone he was asking his international money from a couple of years ago and they paid him that. Like, it's just not good business. I don't think it's good business at all. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to give someone a contract, like Jai Arrow right now is begging for you to look at him and go, okay, that's an upgrade I'm willing to give. Yeah, he's playing orange. Like, he's doing what you want to get like get paid properly. But to go out and get Boyd of all people for 700650 or whatever it was, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't have paid any more than four. Yeah. Like, look, I thought Ryan Jones was pretty poor today in patches. Um, missed some key tackles. Nathan Peets, for me, sending back to Parramatta because of... I don't know. Big contract as well and injuries yeah, and all I, that along the way. But Brisbane, I don't, I don't think he's playing anywhere up up to Origin standard. No, That's no way. Like, and he's getting Origin money. Brisbane full credit and like Lodge has been slightly what? building all year and been good. Azarko is definitely the fullback moving forward. He was exceptional. I just don't understand how you go out on the field and you turn that up. I don't understand how they're just not more committed to being good. Oh, not surprised. Offhand Galloway uh, proved again today why I think he should have been in Origin. He was great and. I think why Pengai and a couple of those guys back from injury, you know, they played a role, but I don't think they were 100%. They all did a job. They were outstanding. The halves, Nick Arima, Milford. In a game like today when they pull teams apart, that organisation, the kicking doesn't prove such a big factor when you've got two dangerous guys just pushing around the football and floating like they did. And everyone for the Broncos was exceptional. Well, in the last... How many points did Canberra score in the second half last week? Six? They won 28-6 second half, I think, the, the Broncos. So theoretically, in the last hundred three halves of footy, 120 minutes, the Bronco the Broncos have won 62 to six. It's good effort. So it's pretty impressive, you know. Like, and they've played the Titans and the Raiders. But to be fair, they're the teams below them, immediately yeah. below them. Yeah. So that that highlights the difference between top the eight top eight and the, and the rest. Yep. No and even right. and the Raiders and the Titans both had more to play for in the last two weeks than what the Broncos did. Yeah, most definitely. Massive win by the Broncos. The outstanding effort and another showcase of what we said before is outstanding talent there. They're definitely a top eight side, uh, but the top four in the Premiership threat without well, the seven. Well, they're now seventh. They've yeah. moved out of that eighth spot. Warriors are now in eighth, and they're the only team, and they'd have to go on a real shit skid to yeah. to fall out of there. Brisbane, I think that, that win today absolutely cemented their position in the top eight. Well, I was done after last week, and I still didn't think they were going to fall out. But I'm No, I, I didn't think they were going to fall certainly. out either, But, you know, like today, to me, just, yeah. Yeah, certainly done. Icing that. on the cake. All righty. That wraps up. Game reviews. Uh, we've just done the Origin preview. We've done our set of six, which is very hefty. No power rankings this week, as we said before. No fan <laughs> questions. Last thing we've got to do, tips very, very hard because we don't know about Origin. Well, aren't, we, aren't we going to do a review podcast before the next round starts? On Thursday, whatever. Yeah, yeah. okay, we'll do that then. Smart, you do that. You're smarter than me. That's why. Good one. Tips. Well, that uh, just make things easier. Origin review, what, Thursday? Thursday or Friday. I don't think there's a Thursday game this week. I think it's a Friday. It's Friday. Oh, well, there you go. We'll do tips then. Let me tell you. Hang on, mate. My uh, my internet and Wi-Fi has been a bit of a knobhead tonight. Sure has. So looking at round eighteen, is I'm, po- I'm oh, poaching. You got it there, you're fucking on the betting website. I'm idiot. poaching off it, mate. I'm pretty sure the first game is Penrith on Friday night, six p.m. Thirteenth of July. <clears throat> yeah, right. So that's Friday night. So you've got Friday night Penrith Sharks, um, and then Knights Eels. Or Knights Eels is Saturday. Got- you've got Dogs Rabbits, Manly Storm, and Raiders Cowboys. Sunday, you've got 
Broncos, Warriors, Dragons, Tigers, and you've got a 6.30 game, which is awesome. Yeah, Titans, well, Roosters. The most affected games would be the Friday <laughs> and the Saturday games. Newcastle Eels has no effect. They don't have anyone in Origin. Right, so let's book in. We'll do a podcast on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do the Origin review. We'll do our tips on that then. So we're all done. But before we go, we have to thank the Pro Sports Syndicate for coming on board. Yeah. Uh, as always, charity bet this week. Well, they went two for two in the lines again, didn't they? Yeah, two for two. Best bet got up. Their turnout for this week for their bets... They got all. Oh, they only had two tips this week out of the four games. Both correct. Uh, they outlaid a couple of units. Their units are a hundred dollars. They turned four hundred profit for the week. There you go. And their best bets, they're five from seven. Keep your eyes open for those affiliate links. Again, they brought back the one I liked that I said it the other week. I don't know if many people have got Palmer Bet. I hadn't heard of Palmer Bet previous to uh, this Palmer year. Pretty cool, man. But Palmer Bet, it was fifty dollars you deposit if you sign up. You got a hundred fifty dollar bonus bet. That's a cracker. Boom. And the package, as you know, the tips there. Good stuff there, the boys, full-time analysts, professional punters. The package, $99 for your first month. It's half price. If you don't turn a profit from the tips that they provide, you get the next one. And they're free. English boys, aren't they? Yeah. So they'll be happy with the World Cup result. Ew. Well, they were today when speaking to Matty. A few sore heads. It's, uh, there'll be an affiliate link more than likely. They're trying to tee one up for everybody <laughs> for the origin. So hopefully they'll get you mm. a juicy sign-up fee. And if again, if it's an existing account, like most of us who are deviant gamblers have them, unfortunately, we don't get to sign up again. But I've tried to ask them about Palmer Bet and a few rarer runs that maybe people wouldn't have uh, so we can, you know, try and benefit because I've benefited from the Palmer Bet one myself. I didn't have an account with them. When but... are we going to do this game companion? That's got to happen as well. Yeah, we need to pick one. We do. I 100% agree with you. But the Pro Sports Syndicate, get on that package, 99 for your first month. If you don't turn a profit from the tips they give you, next month free, no locking contracts, cancel any time. Keep your eyes open for that affiliate links. <clears throat> Massive week again. Got their best bet. Got all their tips right. Another 400 to the profit for the season. And our Great Walk Foundation sponsors, Brock, from when we did the podcast. Oh, sorry. Sold some ads earlier in the year. Yeah. For the Great Walk Foundation, which is a great cause. Full Spectrum Services, Western Sydney's leader in pest control, pool fence certification, and commercial cleaning. Services diverse, but core values rock solid. Amazing people, fantastic service, and brilliant outcomes. Contact Mark and the team on 0430-220-263. Fullspectrumservices.com.au. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Insignia. Hair and Dace Bar, 47223503, located on York Road, Penrith, Unit 14 of 69. Award-winning hairdressers, Dace Bar, Beauty Salon, Massage and Nail Parlor. If you want to spoil yourself, then look no further. Insignia has all bases covered for men and women. Treat yourself or your partner to the works and be spoiled by the team. They have every aspect of beauty and relaxation covered. I bet they do. And I should have done this earlier because he's probably not listening at this Whoa. point in time, right? I found that we have a spam box on our thing, and I opened it last night. I was like, who would spam like a page? What do you mean? Oh, so apparently we've got spam like with people inboxes. I just thought everything went to the inbox. There was one here that was marked as spam that I never saw from over a year ago from Lee Anthony Beat, and he was asking for a shout-out all the way from the UK. He loves the show. I've wrote back to him, and he's spam. seen it. I feel like an he's arsehole. He's come through a spam. I know. I don't know why, Lee. I don't know what's the deal, but you've ended Apologies, up in the Lee. spam box. I don't know if you still listen or if you hate us after the fact. Probably gone. Fuck them. It's been twelve months and we've never. Fuck them, But I found it, and he said, "Can you give a shout out?" I know. Can you give a shout out to me, Lee Beat, and the Beat family listening from Birmingham, UK, because they love the show. So if you're still listening, shout out. He's he's listening. If you are still listening, he's committed. Shout out to you and the family, mate. We're glad you enjoy the show, and to all our listeners out there, shout out to all of you for listening to the show. Don't do that. What? Don't do what, mate? Shout out to everyone. What are you doing? There you go. Big thank you to everybody for tuning in this week. I've got a couple of games. I reckon Brisbane Penrith, Friday night game. That's a good game. Companion looks all right. That's that's round 19. Round 20, Roosters Dragons. 
That's probably more. That's a Sunday, are they? A couple of weeks after Origin is probably a good idea, I think. <laughs> I reckon those two are good. Shut your mouth. Storm South. Storm, Storm South. That's a Friday night. Yeah, that's the kind right of Right now we're talking. Me. I reckon we can do one a week almost. Just leave your shit here, man. We'll just roll out some. That's, like, that's, that's probably the three. And then my wife's going to have a baby. Well, the whole sh- point of that. Shit's going to get locked down. If anyone doesn't listen, again, uh, <clears throat> Joe Rogan, the UFC commentator, they do fight companions. So there's him. Couple of the mates, people that watch the fights, they talk about them, why they're happening, make some comments about play, uh, you know, play by play, fighting things, and talk some shit, shoot the shit. So basically, what we do is we tell you what game we're going to do. You'd record that game of football uh, with your Fox IQ or whatever you're going to do. We'd and we'd, we'd bang it up pretty much straight away. We would. It takes five minutes to upload it at your there house, you basically. So we'd have the game. It'd be finished. I'd put it up, upload it. It'd be ready to go 10, 15 minutes after the game once it's fully processed and yeah. on audioboom.com. You can then watch the replay if you wanted to with the game companion. With us. And us talking, basically, as yeah. the game's going on. Yeah. So, there you yeah. go. We're doing one, man. Round 19 is going to be our first one. All right. We're locking it in. Friday, Friday the 20th of July. Man, we'll we, can, first. we can talk some shit. I <laughs> yeah. thought, no fan questions and no power Because otherwise, it's Thursday night, Eels, dogs. Like, no, no one gives a shit that. about that. But Broncos, Panthers, first one. And then we're going to roll into... We'll do three. And then we'll see how it goes out of there. Roosters, Dragons. We'll, we'll do one first and we'll, we'll see what response we get. Okay. You want, you're not going to wait for a response? We'll do, I don't care about the response. And I then Rabbitoh Storm. If it goes dog shit, I'm not doing another one. Okay. But, geez, we can talk some shit. And in a good way. I like the fact Righto. we've had no power rankings, no fan questions. It's usually eat up a big chunk. But we've gone on a few good rants, I think. And we've still gone for an hour. I saved my hatred out of the Titans game. I had to cook dinner and then I've just saved it for the podcast. I've had a mate inbox me as well <clears throat> yeah, saying that we have been, a snippet of our show has been uploaded onto a Panthers Facebook page. I don't know if that's in a good way or a bad way. I'll have to ask. Excellent. That I, I'll figure that one out. There you go. We're done for another week. Done. Origin preview. Uh, talk about the games from the weekend. <coughs> Some good chat there. And uh, we'll be back Thursday with an Origin review and our tips for the round 18 games. Given them, we'll have some team lists and some idea, hopefully, of who's backing up. But for now, good luck to anyone out there, New South Wales and Queensland fans, for Game 3. Let's hope uh, we get a close game regardless of the result. We don't want to watch a blowout. It's never interesting to watch a game when it's Mm one-sided. And uh, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league until Thursday. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.